everybody, welcome to the Collect Podcast. Um, this is episode 18. I got my good friend Kevin Tong on. Uh, Kevin is an illustrator and he's been doing awesome posters and he's been working in the, um, the business for quite a while and he's a freelance uh, illustrator. And he's Are you still in Long Beach right now or are you out in uh, Texas? <laughs> no, man, I live in uh, LA. Oh, okay. Sorry, LA. I thought you were in Long Beach though, but it's like southern LA, I guess. You know, it's it's crazy because um, uh, you and I have actually met. Remember, uh, three separate times at three different phases of our lives, completely, <laughs> completely like coincidentally. The only thing tying it together is that we both do art. That's the only strand that you know, or that and Gary. But um, yeah, yeah, Gary, what's up, Gary? Yeah. Gary Booth is a is a friend of mine that I went to um, high school with. Uh, really great, talented artist, and he uh, actually runs a gallery now. Um, phone booth gallery um which is really rad so yeah thanks to gary we've been able to keep in contact but it's we should talk about our story but um i think that'd be interesting how like we keep managing to cross paths right it's 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 interesting how it all um comes back and and uh into focus and then you know we i think what happens is that we go off live our lives work really hard and then all of a sudden, all our hard work puts us right back together <laughs> in some kind of interesting coincidental like experience, which is great. It's it's it we get connected through art, which is great. So, but yeah, Kevin Kevin uh, is an awesome illustrator. He's done so many different um, pieces and prints and his own books, and he's really good at self promotion and and he loves doing videos of his processing and all kinds of stuff. He's a yeah, he's a, you're a bit of a what do you call that? Like a guy that just kind of mashes along and does almost everything. Is that a Renaissance man kind of? I don't know about almost everything. Well, I mean, but like, but when it comes to print and um, putting things together and, and all the different types of, um, you know, you, like you do music posters and posters for films and stuff with Mondo and, and kind of commission work kind of stuff. So, I mean, that's pretty broad, I think personally I yeah think. but you know they're all they're all a poster it's just like they're all ducks but different species of duck i guess <laughs> you know in the end they're all just ducks okay all right well whatever <laughs> don't take the wind out of your sail dude <laughs> that's 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 the one the other thing i'm good at other than posters <laughs> <laughs> now you're you're that's one thing too i always appreciated out of our conversations and talking and i always like i always when i first met you i was like man this guy is really different he's an interesting guy there's like a you kind of just say what's on your mind and you don't really give a shit kind of and i like that so it's cool that's one thing that your personality is, is really pronounced and when we get together it's always been uh, a good time um the last time we got together was at comic-con which is fucking awesome yeah what a blast right what a serious blast is like what a great part of um life to share you know and to enjoy with great people and yeah, that was a definite eye-opening experience for myself, and and it was interesting too. It was really cool. Like um, you set up your own like comic, like uh, you have your own booth at Comic Con and stuff. Is that a is that must be really stressful? From what I hear, it's it's a kind of a pain in the ass. Well, yeah, um, like uh, <laughs> like talking about like different species of ducks, but it's still being a duck is just like that's just like the grown-up version of doing a lemonade stand, kind of. Um, <laughs> You know, just like, <laughs> really, if you think about it, like, yeah, it's true. Really scale it down. These Comic Con booths is just adults with lemonade stands. You know? <laughs> like, um, it's true. 
And uh, yeah, uh, that one that, that one is pretty stressful mainly because there's a lot of pressure uh, on it. But I mean, um, the higher is higher stress, but the the, the fun level factor because it's longer, there's more people, is just higher. So in the end, everything kind of levels out, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're big on um, these kind of events, right? Because it's important and vital for you. I think you understand to keep um, out and open and, and in the public eye, basically, so people are aware of who you are, right? So it's kind of like the lemons, lemonade stand. You're just, you know, you're you're always back at that corner. So people that like your lemonade, they're always going back to that corner, knowing that you'll be there, right? Is that kind of like why you're doing it? Because you do, you don't just do Comic Con, right? You do the like, um, I think you said Thought Bubble. Is that what it's called? Uh, yeah, okay. I'm doing I'm doing Thought Bubble later this year. Awesome. Is this your first time doing that one? Uh, yeah, it'll be my first time. I've been to the UK a few times to do shows, but that'd be my first one uh, doing Thought Bubble. Doing a lemonade stand in the UK. Yeah. Well, I've done <laughs> lemonade stands in the UK before. Oh, okay. I've damn. done lemonade stands in Germany, the UK, all over the US. Oh, yeah? I take my lemonade all over town. <laughs> awesome, man. That's cool, dude. No, I mean, that's, I mean, the, the, another thing I really wanted to talk about is how you were able to really, um, a lot of times I get questions about how we managed to do like freelancing and, and keep the flow going and kind of like, you know, keep customers coming back and blah, blah, blah. And, um, I think you of all people understand how that works and, and why these different things work and stuff. Is there kind of like, um, a bit of a secret to your madness, how you've managed to keep things flow and, you know, kind of, I don't know, like, how are you keeping your lemonade fresh? <laughs> We're just going to use lemonade the whole time. <laughs> it's a perfect analogy, actually. So, yeah. yeah that's all uh, on you, actually. So, <laughs> um, well, I actually didn't want, I wanted to answer the first question you, sure. uh, you asked me about um, why do I like to do these uh, live events? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I like doing them. Uh, I mean, for one thing, you know, the, the, their sales, so, for, so it does help, you know, um, keep your business afloat. It yeah. is a good source of promotion, but lately, um, I've added another reason. I don't know if I've added it. I just come to realize another reason is that, um, like, uh, I mean, I, I, most of my stuff is done online. I really don't have to do these uh, live events. Yeah. Um, however, on online, I feel like my fan inter interaction is very limited. Most of the most of my fan interactions are usually, uh, like, online are usually. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of like you know people saying compliments, but it's just usually very like sterile. Like usually, most of my fan emails or customer interaction emails are like you know just like typical stuff like "Where's my package?" or <laughs> um, you know "I thought I was gonna get this number," which is fine, you know. But um, people or, calling like, you bitch. Yeah. Or, or Where's my poster, people, bitch? <laughs> well, some people like yeah, they don't like the poster or whatever, and they no, they get attacked personally. Or no way, really? Yeah, yeah, for real. I'm just, I scrub whenever like I post like my my uh, my uh, my work online. Mm. Like I mean, lots of people will say nice stuff, but then there's people that will say like negative stuff. But it's oh, just, it's yeah. usually something like it's not like uh, oh I don't like the typography because of this. It's usually something like you know. Only a bitch ass would make a poster like that. <laughs> it's kind of you, funny. You gotta love those actually because they're so like un unwarranted and totally stupid. So you kind of be like, well, all right. <laughs> it's uh, uneducated opinions basically. 
Yeah, well, I mean, it's just, it's kind of funny, but, like, you know, you don't want to put that up there, you know? <laughs> like, you don't want to leave that up there. Um, yeah. Oh, so you have, like, a, is it, like, a message board kind of thing? Oh, like, have? Facebook or... Oh, Facebook. Okay, cool. Or Instagram. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, fucking people. And so, um, I mean, like I said, I, I do get a lot of, like, you know, good, good uh, compliments online. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes you kind of have to, like, you know, see that in person, um... Not, I'm not trying to like say I don't appreciate the online co comments, but when you see it in person, someone you know coming up and saying, "Hey, like your work. I'm inspired. I'm another illustrator." Then it's a lot like you know, it, it means a lot more to me. Yeah, that's the, I mean that's the um, the aspirated aspiration like that's the goal, right? To get appreciation from those that you respect or people like kind of on your same same wavelength, I guess you know. Because I kind of look at it as like, if, as artists, um, we're kind of weird and obviously, and we live in our head a lot. And um, when you meet another artist that you kind of understand, it's like meeting another part of like another alien that's the same as you. And when you're like, hey, like I like your lemonade, and it's like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like I like your lemonade too. And then you guys can talk yeah. about lemonade. <laughs> like yeah. the last time we met up, we actually worked on, uh, we did the Pacific Rim posters, and we went and ate. Um, I, I, I eat there all the time now, which is awesome. It's what's it called? Native Foods. It's like that vegan place. Yeah. I didn't even know it was ve vegan too. You didn't even tell me it was awesome, and I didn't even realize until I ate it down here and I was like they're like yeah this is vegan I'm like what this is so good I've probably eaten it 10 times since we met uh, up yeah the, there's the one in um, Escondido right is there another one closer there's one in uh, I didn't know there's one in Escondido but there's one in Solana Beach I think it is or uh -huh. Encinitas yeah so next time you're down here we'll go to the same place we ate up at Long Beach but Dude, <laughs> actually uh, speaking of Comic Con I have a crazy Comic Con native food story oh yeah dude Tell me, I want to hear about it, dude. So like after um, after uh, Comic Con, you know, I had to take down my booth by myself. Um, oh. but I wanted to get the hell out of Dodge because you know I wanted to drive home that night. Mm. So I was just so exhausted after packing the stuff up, hauling the the trunks because I couldn't park my car uh, in the the nearby lot. I had to take it across the street. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, so um. So I was pretty worn out, but I was really hungry. And um, San Diego is a great town, but like, like in that area, the gas lamp area, it's a lot of like you know bro culture, where it's just like you know <laughs> explain steaks, explain. like steaks and <laughs> pizza, and you know and you know like like it's not food unless like you know there's suffering involved. Um, <laughs> Are you, know. you uh, vegan actually? Uh, yes. Oh, okay, cool. How long you been vegan for? Uh, maybe like. Almost coming up on three years. Okay, awesome. Let's talk about that too. I don't want to mess up your story, but oh sure, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, the p uh, gas lamp bro culture. Well, a lot of backwards hacks and, yeah. and tribal tattoos. You know? <laughs> um, you know, because it's you know the military, you know the Marine camp. Uh, so it's like either they really are Marines or they want to be Marines. Uh, and uh, so, awesome. all right, yeah. So here. So, so I was just I was just really tired of eating that kind of food, you know. Cause yeah. It's just like, what can I get at this restaurant? Uh, give me the fries again. Um, <laughs> and I knew there was a Native Foods in Escondido, and I was like, that's sort of on the way home. I think I can make it there because yeah. they're closing at like nine, and I got out of there at like eight o'clock. So I was like, if I just haul ass, I think I can go there and get food to go, and, uh, <laughs> and then not and not be in there. So I hauled ass, and mm. I got there, uh, and um, like with like maybe like seven minutes to spare 
And uh, so I like ran into the store and I've worked in food service a lot. So I know that that's like that's really no-no. annoying. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, you know, but I was really hungry. So I said, hey, guys, I'll understand completely if you're too busy or, you know, if you're going to close up or whatever. But, man, I'm really hungry. And I forgot to take my Comic-Con passes off. So I still had them on me. And um, and then there, and then there's all these like kids that are working there. Like I was like, gee, at first, like I thought I'd gone into like the wrong place because like, <laughs> I don't know, like, everyone in L.A. is, like, just, like, older than, like, they look, no one wants to look like they're too young or too old, so everyone looks like they're, like, like mid-20s, like, early 30s. Even <laughs> yeah, like, you have, like, 50-year-olds. They're all, yeah. uh, they got, like... <laughs> you'll, no, you'll be talking, yeah, you'll be talking to, a, like, like a girl, and she'll be like, yeah, I'm actually 40, you know, or something. <laughs> or, like, or, like... I, Yo, we've just, been making out for three hours now. <laughs> well, or it could go the other way around. I'm actually 15. It's like, oh, shit, I thought, I thought you were 40. Ah! <laughs> You're tired of life already. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, so, and so I was just really surprised to just see, like, genuine kids working a job. Yeah. Um, we like to work them young down here. Yeah, it's, like, it's like, that's actually the reason. Um, San Diego has different child labor laws. Yeah. So, we're pretty brutal. So, but they, they were so understanding. They were like, oh, man, you just got out of Comic-Con? I was like, yeah, I had to take down my booth and stuff. And they were like dude, don't worry about it, man. Just sit down. I was like, I can get it to go. You know, like, no, 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 man, you need to relax. <laughs> and I was like, dude, okay. So, um, I sat, so I sat down and, uh, this is amazing to write then, this into a script and, and uh, amazing dialogue. And then they made the food and they made the food. They brought it out to me and, and all that, which was awesome. So I ate it as fast as I could cause I didn't want to keep them, you know? Uh-oh. And, um, they're like, Hey, is there anything else we can do for you? I was like, I don't want to trouble you, but if you shut down the machine already, don't worry about it. But I could really use some coffee because then I started getting like food coma. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I could really use, and I didn't know if there was any Give coffee. me all your virgins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. That goes without saying. That was the first thing. I, before I asked for the food, I was like, give me all your virgins. Um, like when I first in there. Oh, by the way, uh, if you guys, there's not as much trouble, some food. But, uh, so. Yeah, you missed that detail. It's so, always the first thing I ask when I go to Native Foods. <laughs> And <laughs> sorry, and so, I keep uh, fucking with like, your story. And so they're like, dude, we don't mind. So that they they uh, they're like, dude, with the turn, we clean out the coffee machine, but we want you to be like, you know, good on the road. Mm. And uh, so I was like, oh, guys, come on! But then they're like, no, no, we're turning it on right now. And they turned it on. And at that point, I was just like, you know, the coffee machine. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, oh man. So then they started making the coffee, and uh, I was just like, shit, man. I felt really weird because I had to stand there for like. You know, it would have taken about 10 minutes for the shit to, like, fully come on. It's, they had to brew the entire batch. It's like an industrial. Yeah. It's not like, it's not like a Mr. Coffee. They had to brew the entire batch just for one cup. Were you the only one there? Because usually the people one. are there kind of later after it closes. I, I was, like, the only one. I was the only one there. there was Standing like, at the uh, counter for 10 minutes? <laughs> there was, like, a, a woman that was sitting there, but it was kind of like this old spinster woman who was just probably sleeping there, you know? Oh. Uh. And uh, so she wasn't, like, you know, really like there she was just kind of sitting outside hmm. uh so so while i was waiting i was just like man i felt really bad you know yeah and uh i i, I started helping them like put the furniture like on the because they have to like put the chairs on top of the tables yeah you know, to clean the you know? floors and stuff exactly so i started helping them They're like no man you sit down and i was like no or a fuse and then i started like putting the helping them put stuff on there and they're like i think this is actually against the rules and i'm like dude just live live for once man let me help you because <laughs> i was just so racked with guilt and um and so finally they got me the coffee and 
I, I was like, you know, I was like, how much is it? Like, it's free. And I was like, dude, you cannot be serious. <laughs> and they're like, no, it's free. And I'm like, oh, guys, come on. And then so I started trying to like put like money in the tip thing. And they're like, no, get out. You need to go home now. And like, you know, <laughs> was the guy had, did he have an afro? Uh, no, I don't think, I don't remember. No, they were all like, uh, you know, um, they're all like the cast of Melrose Place or whatever. Uh, <laughs> so the virgins must have been amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about that part of the story. So, <laughs> so I went home and I had a trunk full of virgins but, and all but, my, and all my comic book, comic, comic con booth stuff. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, but I really wanted to like tip, tip them. <laughs> Yo, anyways, shut up. <laughs> I'm not going to let you turn the story into something terrible. Uh, <laughs> okay, sorry. So they, that, 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 okay, so up until then, this has all been like a friendly interaction. Okay. Okay, but then the moment I start trying to like tip them, mm. like like it, it turned into a climate of fear. Like, <laughs> like, it, like things turn really quick. They're like, no, you need it. Like, they start getting almost aggressive. Uh, and like they, they kind of start pushing me like out the door. I was like, no, come on. I just want to like put some money in uh, <laughs> And then, the, so, and then so I was like, all right, fine, fine. Thank you guys so much. You know, and I went to my car and then when they weren't looking, I like bolted in through like a $10. That's the only like, like loose change I had in my pocket, $10 bill in the tip thing. Yeah. Like, Hey, get them. And then, and then I started running out of there. I got in my car and drove off. What the so, fuck? It was, like, it was so weird. I'm not, I was so tired. I'm not entirely sure that it even happened. Like, I was like, did I dream that? It felt, it felt so surreal in there. They're all, get him. He's trying to pay us and sustain the company. I like, literally said that. I was like, he's back. Get him. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ah! <laughs> as fast as I could. No way, that's awesome. Uh, Those guys are cool. I, you're talking about the one in Encinitas, because that's the only one. There's no one in Escondido. Uh, you might be mixing up the names, and yeah, that, the the people yeah. there are fucking awesome. That's They're what I meant. Really cool people, and it's funny because I think, um, because it is a vegan thing. The thing I love about it that really surprised me, and why I didn't like instantly know it was some kind of, you know veg head place was like it didn't smell like fucking patchouli oil you know <laughs> like it didn't have like armpit hairs everywhere and, and patchouli oil and like incense burning and shit it was like it was like okay i can take people here and not be like okay well you know do you want to be weird and eat some vegetables with me it's like it's not it wasn't like that at all and i appreciated that because I've gone there so many times and I just I enjoy going there with friends and enjoying a good meal and it tastes amazing. Like if anybody's listening to this and never been to Native Foods and there's one by you, please go. If you like if you're like I don't like vegetarian food or whatever, like try this because it's awesome. Like they use they use really great sauces in, in ways of like kind of fooling your palate into thinking it's not, you know? In a way that's not like they're trying to fool you. It's just it's just good. So, yeah. So that place rocks. So thanks, Kevin, and thanks for the story, because that was really weird. <laughs> Fucking weirdos. That's what I do. <laughs> How was it after... Um, you must have been... I mean, because Comic-Con itself, um, for, for those that are listening that don't know and never been, it's, it's it can be incredibly draining. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Um, I've been to Comic-Con once where I had... It was just, like, really shitty experience just because there was... I just don't like crowds as I get older. I don't know what the deal is, but the you're last talking, time I was... about the time I was there, right? Um... She, I had a shitty experience as Tong showed up. No, 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 no. Not at all. Shut up. No, no. It like um The last time in 2013 was my best Comic-Con experience since I was a little kid. I used to go as a kid. Um and like submit my art 
to all the, like the professionals and shit and then have them like tell me how much i sucked it was awesome and that's what i and then so it was really cool being there this year so but really? no they, it was, they, said, they said that to you no no i'm just joking oh, they were they were they, they were they were really cool but you know what they're what are they going to tell me i'm like 10 years old you know so they're just like yeah you know keep drawing you know I'm like oh, fuck i know that <laughs> yeah well they should have crushed your spirit because now you're like kicking ass and taking <laughs> taking jobs from them they should have been like yeah you have no future in this kid yeah get out of here yeah crush them while they're young <laughs> i remember being in have you been to the portfolio review have you done that at comic-con uh, no i never have oh okay it was dude it's a very interesting thing there's like all these wicked talented people in a line like long ass line you know comic-con the lines are just like it's like six flags on crack so it's just Six Flags, <laughs> <laughs> or Disneyland actually. It's like, it's like, oh, I want to go ride Space Mountain. Yay! Oh, it's four hours to get on a ride that lasts thirteen seconds. So fuck. But anyways, I'm sitting there as like a ten year old, and then I'm just like, got my stupid drawings and my own comic book ideas, and then I'm like, right around like these dudes that just got out of working at like ILM and shit and just like showing me their work I'm like oh my god <laughs> it was incredibly intimidating but it was really a cool experience Comic-Con itself is I don't know if you get this experience and this feeling but it's just so um <clears throat> it could either be great or bad really but I think it's all on how you perceive it to be you know and so I wanted to know like how it was for you and your experience of being like you know having a booth there and, and having set up and dealing with all the you know the madness and um, I bet it, I, mean, I can imagine it probably helps like develop you maybe, like makes you thrive even more by meeting people and, and making face-to-face -face contact with other artists and stuff. I'm sure that probably makes you hyped, right? No? Yeah, well, um, uh, actually, uh, there, there's, an, there's an interesting explanation as to why I've never been to the portfolio section of Comic-Con, because I've been going there for, I think, like... Uh, seven years mm. and I've, I've only been an exhibitor the last two times i've been there and um i uh, i went there i would go there when, when i was a student and just, you know i would but I would, I would bring my portfolio but i never went to the portfolio section i mean i went by there once but i never actually talked to anyone there um and uh this isn't isn't to knock anyone but i don't i think deep down and I, I was never interested in working uh, a nine to five job yeah i, I didn't know it at the time but um, I, I, the people I showed my portfolio to were like the poster artists, like on the floor, or like the people who had their own booth. Because everyone in the portfolio section, most of them are probably, you know, um, industry professionals. And uh, at the time, like I said, I didn't know what I really wanted to do, but I think I had an inkling that that just wasn't really going to be my thing. And I, and uh, nothing I had was like applicable. It wasn't like character stuff it wasn't storyboards it was all just like one-off illustrations yeah so yeah i just wanted to show my stuff to like the self-employed guys so that was my first experience and that's what kind of like got me into um doing posters actually was meeting people at comic-con that's awesome yeah because that was um that was what kind of propelled you to do freelance and stuff which is really interesting to me and i know a lot of people would like to hear about that because i think um we don't always we don't all all fit into the mold of the nine to five um myself included um and you said you worked in restaurants and stuff so i imagine there was time when you were in college or in your transitional period where you were a sandwich artist at subway like myself and <laughs> and maybe worked at I don't, i'm mean, i just joking but like maybe you worked at different um you know places to make odds at uh make ends meet and stuff like 
um, <clears throat> when you decided to do freelance, was it kind of just something that fell in and then everything kind of came together for you? Or was there like, for me, it was, I didn't want to, I, did, I, did, I was tired of having a boss, so to speak, you know, I was tired of having somebody to answer to or get to work and feel like, oh shit, I'm late or I didn't bring my shit or whatever. I just don't conform to those things. Is, do you have the same thing? Yeah, um, I did work um, two art jobs, actually, um, like nine to five with salary and benefits. Um, the first one, I worked there for like a week, and uh, <laughs> it was like a... Damn. Like, they brought me on, and um, I, I was still pretty fresh out of college. It was called um, Monarchy Apparel. Okay. And uh, so I took the job as, uh, as a t-shirt designer, and uh, they advertised the job as like an illustrator... Uh, but then when I got there, I was just doing like the tech packs, which are like uh, in order to, to communicate how the design is going to be on the shirt to like the the, man, the manufacturer. You send a diagram of the shirt. Yeah. Uh, and you have all like, the layers you know, and stuff. Yeah, like layers and measurements, like how far from the collar and all that. Um, so I was just taking other people's designs and putting them on tech packs, which sounds was, amazing. Well, I mean, that wasn't a bummer in itself because it's like, yeah, you know, you just start the job. You're going to get like the grunt work, you know, initially because mm. there were people that were designing shirts there. Uh, but I, it just wasn't my thing. There was like very much of like a because they're like a Hollywood type brand. Like they get excited when like Brad Pitt's seen wearing their shirt, you know, <laughs> whereas, you know, well, you're not excited about that. Uh, I mean, I, I'd be excited, but that just that wouldn't be like the that wouldn't let me know that wouldn't like you know ev uh, evaluate my brand to me like it's good because Brad Pitt's wearing it. Yeah, like I know. Brad I'm just Pitt's joking. Wearing with it you. because it's good. Yeah. Um, ah, your phone's ringing on the podcast. Oh, it's my accountant. He's telling me I have to do my. Pick it up and talk to him. Let's hear let's hear the conversation. Oh, I, I hung up on him. <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, my mom's calling. Just have like a 30 minutes of the podcast is you talking to your mom. This one-sided conversation. Like, but mom. <laughs> but mama, no, mama. <laughs> okay, so, so you're uh, saying you're working for a company and they had you doing bitch work and you're like, uh, and then Brad Pitt was wearing your shirts. <laughs> well, I didn't stay there long enough. To I know, I'm, just because you were there oh, for a week man. then. All right, well, let me see what he wants real quick. <laughs> uh, this is wonderful. Uh, hi, Joe. Uh, I'm good. I'm recording a podcast right now. Uh, what, what's, what's up? Uh, uh, well, is it, is it about my, um, is it, a, oh, for, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm finishing them up, uh, like, soon, so, alright, uh. Okay, I'll send it to you and I'll let you know. All right. Thanks. Bye. I uh I filed Oh, I'm back, Ash. Um I filed for a 6-month extension on my <laughs> federal income taxes cuz I was way too busy. Yeah. So, so uh. I'm going to have to pay those and uh and my estimated tax for next year, so it's basically paying double taxes. Uh. And they and the 6 months are like ending right now. Uh. Like damn, I still I still haven't gotten my shit together. <laughs> <laughs> oh man okay uh -huh. that's actually really good to talk about too because um if no one ever talks about it because nobody ever fucking talks about it and um we have an episode on the podcast where i have my buddy jake on and we talk about kind of freelancing and stuff and i thought it'd be really great because 
you're really successful at it and you're understanding it and you're falling into the pitfalls that we all do which is like i need a six month extension like oh shit six months is up and now i have to pay like double tax and all this stuff so um things to avoid and so you have an accountant then uh yeah i mean you know to all the listeners who would be illustrators out there man it's not just about you know like sex parties and blow you know <laughs> well it's like 50 percent blow 50 percent sex and then like 50% taxes. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> 150% of awesome. I'm living 50% more life than everyone else, so that means <laughs> when you're living life to the fullest, that means uh, 50% uh, on top of that is just taxes. <laughs> oh my god, that's so true. <laughs> like, the harder you live your life, the more, like, the, they're going to come after you. No, pretty much, man. Like, there's, you know, there's two things that, that's like the funny joke, but it's messed up. Is like the two things that you can always count on is you're going to die and you're going to pay taxes, you know? Like, yeah. uh, nobody can get away with it. Even Wesley Snipes tried to, but, <clears throat> yeah, you know how that ended up, but... Yeah, it's it's an unfortunate thing, but it, I mean, yeah, when when that story broke, I just because every time I imagine Wesley Snipes, he's like jumping out of a window, an explosion behind him, and so I just imagine like like all these auditors like, yeah. like following him after him, like 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 um in the Matrix, you know, the agents like jump out of the window, like after like you know. Same dude, same, or the same thing. <laughs> like, you thought you can get away by diving out of a a, a ten story window while they're. Like you turn, he turns around. They're like, "Oh shit!" There's like four of them. They're like multiplying behind him. <laughs> you can't really escape them, really. I think there was a couple other actors that tried to. Um, Nicholas Cage too, right? Didn't he try to evade taxes, and then that's oh, why yeah. he's doing all those movies to pay back his taxes or something like that. I think he's better off in jail. Um, yeah, seriously, right? Like, well, well like freaking um, uh, Al Capone, um, St. Valentine's Day Massacre guy kills like you know like like a handful of people like in cold blood. They can't pin anything to him, but then he gets busted on taxes. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, he's, he like had like a multi, probably by today's standards, a multi-billion-dollar uh, or a billion-dollar uh, booze industry. They couldn't nail him on anything, prostitution yeah. rings, but the taxes are what they got him on. <laughs> so, so it goes to show yeah. you, yeah, you can't fucking escape it. And for artists like ourselves, I'm not really number savvy. I mean, I am okay, but I don't. You're probably the same. I don't know. I'm just I'm jumping to it conclusions here but assumptions but i don't like spending my day um like oh i should do this and put money here and blah blah like that's not how i like to spend my time yeah are you the same um yeah um like uh, actually a lot of people like like when you ask like what would you do if you like had 10 million dollars all of a sudden you know <laughs> and then people are like oh you know i mean people have various ideas some people are more or less responsible some are like i'll buy like you know a bentley or whatever <laughs> um and others are like oh well, i'd invest in mutual funds i'd send you know one million to my brother this you know whatever uh me i know exactly what i would do i would basically uh put all that money in like a high yield account and uh i wouldn't touch it i would just still do like my life yeah but, but i would use that money to like pay someone like incredibly well to insulate me from life like <laughs> like like whenever like like bills come like someone's like you know like like if some, like if someone's like you know like like kevin you're being slapped with paternity lawsuit like he's like i'll take that and he grabs it and like, deals with it <laughs> like, so you have a big like, diaper a life diaper yeah, and, like he like, writes the checks and just like you know just basically pays my bills pays my taxes 
and just let, lets me like just do everything I want to do. Yeah. Which is which is just you know working on art. Which is what you're doing now, right? Because <clears throat> you're kind of like living what you want to do, right? Like but I, don't, I don't have someone to insulate me anymore. Well, I, used to, I used to have a personal assistant, but you know that ship sailed. Oh uh, no! What happened? Well, I mean, you no, know, she couldn't work for me forever. Did you impregnate her or something? Oh man. <laughs> Dude, that's my friend you're talking about. I'm just mad. <laughs> what? You can't, what, you can't impregnate your friends? Come on, dude. Oh, man. <laughs> what's what's uh, the top, topic here is um, virginity, <laughs> impregnation, and lemonade. And, and na <laughs> native foods. Do, 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 you title, do you title these things? Because that'd be a great topic. I actually have it all written out. It's my outline for this <laughs> podcast. Okay, I've got to bring up infidelity and... Uh, <laughs> oh, that's great. No, no, I'm just fucking with you. You had a personal assistant though for a bit? Like uh, or somebody yeah. just to help you out and for two years, yeah. Awesome. Did that work out for you? Yeah, it was great. That was like the best two years of my life. Oh. <laughs> and they and then uh, it all came crashing down. No, all right, I, mean, no. uh, I mean like a huge part of it was because like, you know, she was wanting to be um uh an illustrator printmaker uh herself mm, so cool. it was all it was always like you know kind of a like it was like a, a high uh a paid internship sort of uh, okay more or less because you know i couldn't afford to pay her lots of money yeah uh but you know i, I don't believe in like exploiting people so yeah it's like you know whatever i can do like i'll try to like you know like give uh help you out as best as i can yeah uh, resources knowledge if you have anything let me know nothing is like a closed book as far as illustration goes you know yeah um and so that that i couldn't believe that she, she even stayed that long i mean i thought it was just gonna be um like maybe like a few months you know yeah and it worked out for a while that's cool it's interesting though what happens that's that's why i think it's interesting and important as artists especially because we're always in our heads and living within our minds that time flies by a lot faster than normal people i think because we're not really on that same wavelength and so um, if you're not careful, like two years can pass by and you're like, oh shit, what the hell just happened? I'm still doing the same thing and this and that. And, and self-evaluation usually is really good. I try to do like a three month thing. Do you do that? Like, do you stop and reflect and kind of like reset your bearings and then keep building off there? Or do you just kind of go with the flow? Uh, I just, I guess I kind of go with the flow. I mean, like, you know, reflections for mirrors and puddles, you know, I just kind of, I just kind of like, you know, if I feel like. If I feel like things aren't going right, then I'll just stop, you know? Mm, that's good. You, but you, you already kind of have a sense within yourself when things aren't going right then. So you have like an inner dialogue, I suppose, then. <clears throat> Which oh, no, I, I, I didn't mean to say I don't reflect or whatever. I guess I mean to say like I, I don't um, I don't feel like it's necessary for me personally to have like a, like a schedule of reflection. It's just like, dude, it's like, all right, I'm just going to ignore everything right now or like I'll... Oh man, I really need to evaluate what I'm doing here. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I guess that is the same, but it's just not on a time scale. For me, I have to do that because things go by so fast and I don't realize it. And then I'm like, oh shit, you know, like I'm this far away from the goal that I was aiming for <clears throat> prior, you know, whatever. But Well, I think, um, you know, things might change for me because uh, down the road, but I mean, your life has... Uh, like different dynamics than mine does yeah yeah like you have you know a family and stuff so maybe it is important for someone like you to make sure that you're reflecting regularly yeah i think if i don't then i really end up um in a weird space at least for me my own dynamic but yeah yeah you're you can be much more liquid in in, in your form where you can kind of just 
pick and choose where you need to be and where you want to be and kind of like oh, okay today I'm gonna do this like I have to consult so many people if I want to do something especially a big move you know like yeah. yeah but um yeah anyways but that's so let's actually go back and talk a little bit about the business side of it if you want we don't have to like there's no there's no structure or anything to any of this I want to talk I have a couple other really cool interesting things that I want to discuss but um, um Duel, do you mind if I jump back really quick to uh, no 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 go ahead. <laughs> to, to the because uh, I, I had two jobs I want because the the second one was actually the story that I the first job was kind of stupid I the first the second one is the one that I think is actually kind of like meaningful um if you don't mind yeah please uh, don't um, mind at all this is there's no yeah I mean, please go see I graduated uh school in 2005 explain your school too because people oh, know. Um, I went. Uh, I went to go? the school of hard knocks. <laughs> I'll learn illustration on the streets, yo. Yeah, I had to uh, climb up a mountain with no shoes in the snow, uh, <laughs> picking uh, boulders up. Didn't get. Didn't have no soy milk. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I had to suck it from a sheep's legs. <laughs> and so, no. Um, I went to Cal State Long Beach with Gary, actually. Yep, exactly. Uh -huh. And Ryan, Ryan Milner. Oh, that's Gary right. Ryan, yeah, my buddies. Know him. Yeah. Yep. You went to high school with Gary. I went to college with him. Uh, <laughs> and Ryan too. And Ryan. What's up, uh, guys? Whoop whoop. So, um, and so I graduated in 2005. I started working when I was in school doing um, doll design. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> okay, wait, hold on. What did you just say? <laughs> actually, that that's actually an overstatement. I uh, I had to, I, I had a paid internship designing doll accessories i wasn't even good enough to design the dolls there were the sky dancer dolls where you and i don't know why they did them because like like they were awesome toys that they weren't dolls because like you pull his ripcord and they launch out of a launcher like a helicopter but like what girl was sitting playing with her barbie being like you know what would make this toy badass if barbie could launch for like, like a helicopter and that's, that's like one of the guys from like matchbox yeah. Going over to the Barbie category and be like, you know what this Barbie needs? It needs more testosterone. <laughs> Barbie needs to launch missiles. <laughs> yeah. Barbie missiles? Yeah, like if they turned it into a boy's toy, they would have made like billions. Um, <laughs> but instead, you have, you have like a so-so Barbie that, like, that has like a function that girls just don't care about. You know? Oh my god, that's amazing. I didn't and, know that. And that's... so I would, I would design the accessories. Um, <laughs> I, I mentioned that because it wasn't really a job. It was like a, a seasonal internship. Yeah, that's like my first thing. Uh, really, that in a kid. We all yes. You got mom and dad. I made it. Flying Barbie accessories. <laughs> I, I was. I, well, I told my parents I was just designing toys. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, <laughs> you know, my dad's like, so. Uh, you know, it's like you know the one kid's like my my kid passed the bar exam. He's gonna become a lawyer. What does your kid do? <laughs> well, my kid designs dolls. <laughs> Like, doll accessories high-end high dolls no 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 the kind you see at toy stores <laughs> uh, does your is your dad an artist you know he was a graphic designer but oh, um, cool he had to kind of like you know put that on the side to have his family yeah because he wasn't making a whole lot of money at the time mm, it's really hard that's a i hear that a lot too i hear a lot of um uh, well he was he was different because uh, it wasn't for lack of like skill or trying. It was just because like he had a, a set of skills that was antiquated mm. because of the computer. Oh, okay. Uh, um, so he was like hand setting type and all that. Um, oh wow. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. So I, I did the toy thing, and I kept working in toys on and off as a freelancer. In college, uh, you said? Uh, no, uh, after college. Okay. After college. Um, okay. So that kept, but I, I wasn't really happy. It was just like kind of paying the bills, you know. But I got I got decent at it. Um, 
but I, I eventually accepted a position at Jack Pacific, which is like at the time was like a major toy company. They were like, you know, publicly traded um, and uh, like they were competing with like Mattel and stuff. So that, that, that was a full time job. I had benefits and office. It was pretty awesome. I was like in my department, I was like one of two uh, lead illustrators. Cool. And I was designing the toys themselves. They're known for their wrestling toys, but I was working in the um, the TV or the TV games department, which is the the you know the video games where you plug the entire controller into the TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the video game. Yeah, huh. and um, so that that was pretty sweet because the the controllers were like a toy in themselves completely. Yeah, yeah. Like we designed like Star Wars and Spider Man games, and it was just kind of like. How can we make this look really fun? Like a kid would want to own it, even if he's not playing the game. It's like almost like the, the, the controller is a toy that you can play with. Yeah. So that was pretty sweet. My parents were really happy when I got that job. Mom was always like, you know, so Kevin, I see that Jack Specific, uh, you know, the stock went up, you know, like, you know, parents read the stock section of newspapers. So. <laughs> Naturally. Yeah, I don't know, even know what all those charts mean. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm like, oh, yeah. She's like, maybe you should buy stock in your own company. I'm like, oh, yo, maybe, you know. Yeah. And, um, and uh, so it was pretty awesome. And, you know, actually, I think about it, like, at times, because there were, like, you know, some, there were some really nice girls there. And, uh, like, it wasn't, like, anything because of my, like, like you know, male prowess. But I really, I, I went out on a date with like one of them, and you know, two others like kind of expressed interest. And I really, I don't think it's because of like my male prowess. I think it was really because it's like like they a lot of those girls had to, were like some of the most qualified people I've ever seen. Like they were working like like 14, 18 hour days, like and they'd come in on the weekends, and so like they didn't really see any other like you know guys outside of that. And the guys that worked there were either like extremely overweight from having a sedentary lifestyle married up the ass or <laughs> incredibly gay which was a shame because some of those like there were a few gay guys there that were like the most beautiful men i've ever seen in my life like, damn it like, it's like well, why can't i be gay now <laughs> it's like, life's not fair. <laughs> uh well then you could have done it you were making toys and you're around all the gay guys and you know you could have gone for it you know <laughs> oh, yeah, they became gay. Your mom's all, so the stock went up, you're all, Mom, I'm gay. She's like, no! <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, maybe you should edit that part out. <laughs> no, no, we cannot way. edit out anything. Well, I mean, come on. I mean, what are we, do you think we're offending somebody? No. Okay, cool. Um, so, anyway, I'm just, all I'm trying to say is that it seemed like, you know, like things would work out pretty well. Like, yeah. it, seemed, it seemed like I'd found, like, what I wanted to do, because... My art, my art director, uh, who was also the vice president of the company, mm. so he had a lot of say. Like he could tell the marketing team to like shut the fuck up, you know. <laughs> We're gonna go, awesome. and he he was all about creativity and doing something different, awesome. and taking chances. Yeah. Uh, but I found like I was just still like kind of unhappy because you know I come in and work on the weekends. You know, you know what it's like. You worked a prologue. <laughs> I, 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 mean, I have no I have no comment on that one. <laughs> No, I mean, like, to work long hours. And to work your ass off, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm not, that's all I'm saying. Um, and uh, and then so, uh, yeah, I do all that, but there just wasn't any, like, space on the box. Like, you know, after the, the kids might, might ch like, your idiot kid might choke um, on the plastic part of this toy to put my name, like, designed by Kevin Hong. Yeah, yeah. On it, you know, it's like, really? We have, we have like, a warning that tells your kid not to, like, like choke on it or 
or to tell some idiot parent that like, hey, maybe you should supervise your kid, you know? Like, <laughs> like, but you can't like credit the guy that designed it. Uh, and so, yes. Yeah. And the same time I was going to Comic-Con, I'll wrap it up pretty soon because I've been rambling. No, no. Um, I was going to Comic-Con because that, that was one of my, my things was I was like, it doesn't matter what's going on when I took that job. It doesn't matter what's going on. I need to go to Comic-Con every, I'll save my vacation. Yeah. Days just like, a, like you can't like say no to that. Because you like, love hey, it though, right? You love being in that environment. Yeah, so I was like, as long as I'll take this job, but I can't miss Comic-Con for anything. I need to be there all the days. Awesome. And the guy was like, dude, don't worry about it. I'll let you go to Comic-Con. I was like, yeah, yes. Because <laughs> like during Toy Fair, like nobody, like like sickness didn't exist. If you try to take sick day, like you take that sick day, you're fucking fired. <laughs> like, like during Toy Fair. So there's some days. What's Toy Fair? Another like convention thing? Yeah, but for toys. Oh, okay. Um, and so yeah, there were like hustle periods, you know, or like when they're putting out like a new line or something. Yeah. Like everyone was expected to just be there like all the time. Of course. Um, like, you know, Saturday, Sunday, uh, like I, I would go to work. Um, uh, but anyway, uh, so, uh, so, I, uh, so I started, I was going to Comic-Con and then I got really inspired by the uh, poster artist because the poster was just this awesome thing that you couldn't ignore. Like I walked by, like, cause I, you know, I'd circulate Comic-Con a few times yeah. and I'd, I would always just find myself looking at these posters and the, the artist was there like you know just there and everyone was like shaking his or her hand um you know i saw tar mcpherson jermaine rogers brian ewing um and they were just you know they had like tattoos i saw like you know i saw them drinking beers and stuff <laughs> like and, like you know like, these are the cool people <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly whereas i'd like watch what i said like i couldn't make like like dick jokes like because that girl might like you know say he sexually harassed me <laughs> so she could get like a day off you know <laughs> also like you know it's gonna be myself um and uh so i started getting into posters um and just because i wanted to just get into the shows for free and, yeah <laughs> Like I, I was, I was just like, I'll do the poster for free, and all I want is like one copy. You can have the entire run. Uh, I just want to get into the show. You know? I remember you doing those actually. That's when I met you, I think. Oh yeah. Was the, that your your flat? And that was in Long Beach, that one, right? No, that that was in L.A. That was in L.A. Time. Shit, man, they all kind of connect because there's no separation for me between those two cities. Well, that's why they call it the sprawl. Yeah, um, it is a sprawl. It's just one big, big city. Uh, I like that place you had, though. You've always had really cool places. Like, the last time I visited your current studio, I was like, man, I came home. I was like, how can I have that? And I'm like, oh, that'd be so hard to have. I don't think my wife would want me to have something uh, like that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so cool, your the way your, your place is set up. It's just like a really nice connection of what you love to do and your art and then you're also a collector and you have some amazing art and amazing prints and then you have like just it has a really cool flow and style to it it's just really um we'll talk about that later but it's oh, your environment i love it i love it and i want to take pictures be like no you can't take pictures <laughs> you know people know what i have and i don't want them to know so i was like all right fine <laughs> but it was cool man it was a really cool uh working space but um, and you, you always have which is cool it makes it i think it kind of connects you to who and how you create you know like your your environment is kind of like i bet it's really important to you some guys i've seen some guys that are really amazing artists they like just work in like a really shitty little room with no art on the walls a couple books on like the floor and then like maybe like a computer and that's it you know yeah i mean you know those are like you know uh, all the posters on my like wall are like skate videos you know when you watch skate video like you get all pumped you're like i'm gonna do this and then you yeah ass you know <laughs> yeah it's like 
you know, like I'll be working, I'll just like, I'll, you know, take like a mini break and I'll kind of like, you know, lean back in my chair and like kind of like do a full 360. Mm. And then like, I'm, you know, I'm like, all right. And then I'll just get back to it. You know, yeah, like, re-inspired. Little, like little like 15 second breaks. Yeah. Um, yeah, it surrounds you. I mean, I was inspired just being there. Honestly, being in your space, I was like, man, where's the pencil and paper? I need to draw right now. <laughs> I was just excited to make stuff. Well, that's that, to go back to when we met up, when we did, we that's what I was bringing up the native foods thing is we were, uh, it's proof that how much our conversation jumped around. <laughs> but what I meant to say, and originally we were just like, um, for, we hadn't seen each other for a while and we were like, oh, awesome. We get to work on a Mondo thing together. This is going to be great. And then we were just, we were sketching out ideas, and, and I think that's when we kind of sketched out our ideas was at on the table of native foods. We're like, oh, I want to do this, or I want to do that, you know, and and then um, then yeah, we, the, we oh, saw again cool. at Comic-Con, and we'd send each, our, each other, like, periodic um, development pictures and stuff. It was, it was a lot of fun. I kind of, yeah, I kind of forgot. That's where that's where those the, uh, our Pacific Rim posters were conceived. Was that the native? <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah, we conceived a Pacific, the Pacific Rim job. Oh. <laughs> oh man, I would say that in emails on accident sometimes. I'm like, oh, oh. Ah, I should probably take that or rephrase yeah. that a little bit better. So, um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, but the first uh, gig poster I did. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to bring this train back on the track. <laughs> I'm like get through the story so I can move on to something else. But, um, yeah. All right, you're doing gig posters, and the first gig poster you're doing them for free was, just so you can get uh into the show yeah right. uh the first one i actually did was for house of blues in san diego awesome uh, i love that venue yeah and um so uh, i started doing that um and uh it got like it started leading to like more jobs you know mm. and um, did you connect um with the house of blues people is that what you did or you just uh, reach out to the band or their publicist or whatever how did you get in touch with those people uh, uh, I don't like talking about that too much. <laughs> Why? Is it a secret or something? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I just like, I don't mind sharing like the, like, like the thing, like stuff like that with people. But like, there's just always like some D bag who's just like, who just thinks like it's easy money. And then, oh, uh, okay. Like, no, yeah, yeah. Do it. like if, if I see someone who's like a awesome artist, like I, I'll drop the information like without yeah, yeah. even thinking about it. But when it's online, it's indiscriminate. That's true. It's true. And there's just so many people that just want to get into this that just don't care about music or movies. Yeah, well, screw them. We don't need to tell them then. If yeah. you're talented and you're a good artist and you want to get some tips from Kevin, then you know you you do good work and you show him and you develop a relationship. And I'm sure he'll help you out. So that's kind of how you roll too. You're similar to me. Like you, it, I think you find um, a great reward in helping others out. You know, I think it's important. You know, but totally. Um... Sorry. But, uh, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up really quick. Um, no, they, no, dude, don't. There's no. Don't worry. There's no time frame to this shit. It's just we're just <laughs> having a chat. So. Well, uh, so. House <laughs> so, of Blues. I started doing the posters. Yeah. Um, and uh, like first one's for Built to Spill, and I remember I went to that show uh, with my former teacher actually, who was also Gary's former teacher, mm. uh, Rick Reese, and um, it was awesome. And uh, I went to get the poster signed. Um, by the band and then someone was like hey dude are you selling those and I'm like no I've just got this one and then he's like oh man and then I, I, I did posters for other shows but the same thing and then people start saying stuff like dude I, I'll buy one of those off you for like you know 40 bucks and I was like I you know 
I don't have any extra ones. And then I started doing like math in my head and I was like, wait a second. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can uh, make some money here if I yeah, need like, to. Like 10 people asked me like to buy the poster. Yeah. Like, you know, and I was just like, huh, you know? <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, it got to the point where, uh, you know, cause like there's a lot of bands out there, but there aren't that many managers or like, or, um, or, or tour managers or like, you know, like people that, um, handle the bands basically yeah help like, them. A, lo yeah. a lot of bands are managed by the same teams yeah so like if you do something for one oftentimes like you'll get hit up by another one yeah and so it's like the movie business is kind of similar yeah so it started and i was still working at jack specific at the time i think it'd been like six months mm. and so i it got to the point where i was designing posters and um like i was like i, would, I used up all my sick days <laughs> <laughs> like like oh to, you took time off to to work on them yeah, because, like, you know, I got I started doing posters for, like, the shins and, like, Beck and stuff. Mm, yeah, and I, I love like, the shins. Oh, yeah. Um, did and you I see them like, live? You know, uh, I've seen them live, but never for a show I did a poster for. I've mm. never done a, like, I think I was out of town when I, uh, why couldn't I, I see that show? I don't remember, but it was so long ago. Um, so, uh, yeah, like, I was doing the sketches, like, in the bathroom. Like <laughs> <laughs> and like you know, I, would, I would take like a picture of the sketch like with my digital camera and then like secretly like like put the sim card in my computer and like I, like quickly email like the like the the, the sketch to like, you know, to, like oh it's like some um, mission impossible and nerd shit yeah or like be up so late working on the poster that i would drive to work at like at like five in the morning or like i would work on the poster till like four in the morning shower eat breakfast drive to work at like five like be there at five in the morning because i was working in malibu mm. uh that's where Jax was at the time and i would fall asleep in the parking lot or like once i started getting my um uh my employee pass then i could just go in there and just sleep at my desk you know wake <laughs> up and, like you know and someone come in and be like tong what's up why are you sleeping you lame or something you know and, I'm like, oh. <laughs> and then um and, and, uh, well they said worse stuff than that but <laughs> Are you lame or something? <laughs> well, no, I just remember like one time I was sleeping and someone was like, like, what are you, gay? Why are you sleeping? And I was like, what? what? <laughs> only gay people sleep? Yeah, like, only, yeah. <laughs> what the hell does that mean? <laughs> but, um, Look at this gay guy sleeping over there. Like so, he needs to recharge. Yeah. Dude, like, that stuff's played out, man. Only insomniacs know how to treat women right. I don't know, but like, <laughs> um, so, so, uh. It got uh, to the point where it just started overtaking my job, like, and, um, you know, I, I was living in a pretty rough area, so I had to have the posters, like, shipped, like, to my job. Yeah. And, like, uh, Somebody you know, would steal them. <laughs> and, yeah, so I'd, like, you know, because otherwise they'd leave the box outside and someone would jack, like, all the posters. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, eventually when I started getting posters screen printed, I had to have them uh, shipped, like, in bulk like to my workplace and then but you know i want to open them right away so i'd open them and then like the whole like company would crowd around the box you know oh yeah like, oh you know what's that and so it became pretty obvious like you know that uh that you know it was just getting to be like out of control and i felt really bad because i'd formed like a really close bond with my team there mm. and my mom was really proud of me like you know uh, especially my mom my mom and dad were proud of me because that's something they could understand yeah yeah you know, it's like it's a, a job toys we all know what toys are yeah someone's yeah. got to design them and yeah. this is a big expensive company you know yeah whereas like you know when i was doing like my freelance my parents are freelance they automatically assume that means i'm poor you know 
Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, they didn't fully understand what I was doing until they came to one of my booth events, actually. Mm. Um, I don't think, I still don't think they fully understand. When was this? Is this pretty recently? No, it was like a few years ago. And so they um, kind of, are they cool with you now, what you're doing? Yeah, I think they understand now. And then like, you know, they just bring over a stack of cash and just start throwing it in their face. Look at mom, look at dad. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like when you haven't like, when you've never like worked that kind of lifestyle. That, yeah. You don't or understand it. That kind of, or, you know, or have that kind of mindset. You need like numbers to understand something. Yeah. It's very new to the entrepreneurship of today's like generation. I feel yeah. like, I mean, it's not like it's new. I mean, entrepreneurs have been around forever, but the the fluidity because of technology and our connectivity these days is, is very much it's not at what it used to be basically like when our parents were growing up it was like all about like getting the nine to five and like you know putting in your time and then coming home and eating your meal going to sleep and doing it all over again kind of you know yeah. it's much different now you know so different people are like having kids later their careers are taking longer education's taking longer people are networking people are starting their own businesses their own applications like people are thinking freely a little bit more nowadays which i think is great but for people that like our parents they just don't understand it probably you know you know it's funny i was talking to uh, to Mitch the other day um, and you know uh, Mitch from OMG posters yeah Mitch putting them yeah yeah like he knows like like pretty much everyone like in posters like he has his fingers involved in everything um, <laughs> busy guy busy guy ambitious guy uh, a really awesome guy though really, like like one of my best friends um, he's super nice yeah he's he's helping me out with all the posters too we're gonna get him and you on a podcast hopefully we'll all meet up and have native yeah. foods soon <laughs> um, so but yeah he was telling me like uh about you know we, we talk about like what's going on like personally yeah and like some like poster guys people's lives like oh you know so-and-so is getting married or whatever mm. and he told me like he like he tells me he eventually he tells me stories and i'm not going to name names or anything yeah, of course. like he tells me stories about like you know guys and a few poster guys like are, are married to like really attractive ladies and uh, uh some uh, not not a few like uh, not not a lot of them but enough where it's like more than a fluke you know yeah yeah and um of those those couples like the, those wives don't do anything i mean uh, no, no, they, they don't not saying they don't do anything they, <laughs> no, they, they they they're homemakers they take care of like the kids or whatever oh, well, but, it's, yeah. but the, the guy that makes the posters is the breadwinner <laughs> I, I was like i was like mitch you know, if you told me like four like four years ago when we first met or something that like like marrying a poster artist would have been hitting the jackpot, I would have just thought you were on crack. Like, there's <laughs> no way. Like, yeah. Like, well, it's the market, you know. It's like the home, they're ho they're homeowners. They you know like you know, they're not like hurting at all. Like I'm like Jesus. Yeah. Well, it's, a lot has changed from like the Drew Struzan kind of age too, you know. And what do you think that is? I mean, Mondo and Justin and all those guys and Rob and, and Mitch and all those guys really figured out a <clears throat> good way to create a collectivity and things, you know, like um, create collectibles and, and doing limited things and not being too selfish, you know, or, you know, like not because they could easily go, oh, we're just going to print like 4,000 of these, you know, and that would take the, the quality down, I think, you know, but by being limited, um, I think it allows for the for it to be bigger in a in a weird way. Don't you agree? Yeah. Well, um, it's not just like the the quantity of the product that's limited. It's also the type of product itself. Yeah. True. Is also very limited because um, 
I mean, outside of Mondo, like movie memorabilia is usually like you know, like uh, at, like movie asset, like stock photography. Yeah. Like you know, um, a pre-approved movie asset. So usually it's like you know, photoshopped like heads or like live trace stuff. So it's very rare to get, and then or they're if even if they get professional artists, they're usually uh, digitally printed, which you know has very flat and kind of yeah, it's lame. Show feeling. Yeah. So the the format and what they're doing is like they're getting like the like the the top tier professional artists to design custom movie posters that don't, that don't appear on anything else. The illustrations are only on that poster. Yeah. They're screen printed by like the top screen printers like in the world. That that dude rules that company or whatever it is that yeah. That do you did know? The, no, I just I when I looked at the Predator and and the Pacific Rim, I was like, holy shit! Like, yeah, so impressive because I've done screen printing and I and I did it in high school a lot, and so I understand the process and I was just I just really admired how the your, skill. Your prints were great, man. The colors were just so good. Oh, thanks, man. Same to you, dude. I mean, it was a really awesome showing for everybody. It was, it was, oh, it was such a cool experience. And that was this seeing the quality, though. Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting, though, the niche that's been created, and you're nailing all the points that I, I agree with because it's creating a market. Basically, there's people that want that stuff, and the price point really isn't that bad. Like most people can afford like a 40 50 dollar poster you know and then you have a one-off <clears throat> not a one-off but like one of 300 or 500 um others that are <clears throat> collectors you know well it's pretty yeah. cool man especially if you love the franchise if you're a big like predator fan you're gonna want that you know if you're if you're big into like the gremlins or something you're gonna want that you know like it's just kind of more I don't know. It's 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 really a really really smart market right there. Do you mind um do you mind telling me about uh the concept for the the your predator piece because you had an ex a very uh fascinating concept that I don't think anyone picked up on because <laughs> when I asked you like why the rain was upside down. Uh well yeah, I mean I think for me my process is totally it's a bit weird um and that was my first print ever with, with uh, Mondo and so I had a ton of pressure and and I looked through all the other posters and people the way that they perceived him and it was more or less like they just wanted to um, like just show him like ah you know like I'm predator and I have a vagina mouth and you know <laughs> and it's like ah and and so uh, I proposed doing a side profile and uh, Rob picked up on it he liked it the idea and, and it got approved thankfully and you know what sucks actually is mm -hmm. that um the predator's face is uh, the first vagina I ever saw. <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry, uh, don't. <laughs> what, man? I can't. I can't be weird and gross. That year old. That was three months ago. <laughs> your, your predator poster was the first vagina I ever saw. <laughs> I only saw the hat, the side of it. So I still have never seen the full thing. <laughs> well, I forgot what the hell I told you, but um, but yeah. So oh. I wanted to do a side profile thing. Um, because it, I have no, I, I didn't see it yet, and I thought that would be kind of cool as unclaimed real estate. I think with all these things, especially like some of the products are some of the projects I've been proposed with are incredibly challenging because everybody and their moms had a piece of them, and so I'm like, oh, I'll draw it like this, and then I look, and then I see somebody that's drawn it already like exactly the same. So um, I was really stoked, and it took I did I don't know tons of different compositions and ideas in my head and sketched in my book and and stuff. So, but anyway, so um, I had watched the film again quite a few times, and at the end when uh, when Arnold 
break, uh, <laughs> breaks a tree uh, and smashes him, and then uh, he's laughing there. There's no actual, I don't think there's any rain in that scene. There might be just like more humidity and stuff, but um, it was more, I forgot what I had my intention on that actually, now I think about it. Let me look at the picture, but yeah, it's, he's, it's basically like him um, looking at Arnold, but I flipped it so that it looks like he's looking down and then the water's hitting him. Yeah, and I think that's what you told me was like the, the the only indication that the poster's upside down is that the rain is coming from the bottom up. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that that, that would only happen in one scene where he's like been defeated and he's like lying on his back, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's so cool because it's such a you, you did such an iconic um like predator like image but the but it can only that can only come from one scene even though that didn't technically there wasn't no rain in that scene but yeah, you know what I mean? yeah like that's the only scene in the movie where the predator is upside down because he was never defeated until the very end spoiler yeah alert. yeah uh, arnold wins spoiler alert <laughs> shit yeah don't tell people <laughs> yeah no that was a it was a really challenging one i had so much pressure i want you know i have guys like you and ollie that do awesome work and the rest of the crew that they have on there it was just yeah i had a lot that i wanted to get done and, and make sure that came across as i was trying to do the best that i could so yeah it was challenging really to be honest it was really a hard hard thing to do and then i looked at it at, at comic-con i was like oh man like i didn't draw it to the right scale and so i saw all my imperfections and issues and i was like geez man so the next one yeah. i gotta be really crazy and yeah, I don't know. But you have a you have a technique and I read it and it was kinda interesting. Your process is actually pretty opposite to me. Like for me I I will have ideas in my head and I quickly sketch them out in a thumbnail and then if it doesn't work in a thumbnail, which is like usually an inch, then I don't use it. For you it seems like you you said you just think of it like in your head for a long time and then you just then you go straight to like trying to put it in the final. Is that kind of your process still? Uh it used to be my process more, um, but now um uh, I'm, as I'm trying to incorporate more design in the posters, yeah, because it used to be like my posters were, were a lot more uh, of just like a scene, you know. Mm. Um, so it was, the imagery was was easier to like like come up with in my head. But now I'm trying to incorporate like multiple elements. Um, it's, like in the, it's tricky, huh? Yeah, it gets tricky. And um, also now I'm starting to do posters for movies that are because like uh, Predator is a movie that came out a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, so. You know, there, you, there's a lot of like reference for it and stuff. Um, you've seen it, so you have ideas in your head. But now I'm starting to do movies like Pacific Rim, uh, where are, they haven't come out yet. The po my poster would be part of the promotion. Yeah. So there's a lot more pressure. So I should probably turn in a rough sketch first. Yeah, yeah. And also, I can't visualize it as well because these things are all new to me. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of cool, though. Do you do you appreciate kind of keep like being kept on your toes a little bit and? trying oh, different things i think that's how you come up with cool different processes you know at least for me that's what i've noticed you know like oh i mean sometimes i can drag my feet and get really pissed and like pissy about it because my i have to really i don't know if you get this but i get really tired like after working on so many jobs and so many things at the end of the day i just want to like kind of relax and then i have to like then i have to think even more on things and and for me, it's like if, if i if i'm proposed with a job and i agree to do it then like that's all i think about and I until I crack the case and like it kind of haunts me. Do you have the same kind of thing that happens to you? Does it consume you a bit? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm glad to know I'm not alone because it kind of sucks. 
but oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's part of the process i think and i think that's what makes interesting work is when you get really obsessed with it and the obsession should help hopefully if you can beat the other odds like it can lead to hopefully better work you know yeah which is really challenging usually for the most part but if it wasn't challenging would you still do it yeah i mean i think that's that's what it that's what it all boils down to for me is that um toy design just stopped being challenging to me because they wanted you know products have to be safe you know yeah yeah I mean, not, not safe like in terms of like health and safety but like you know, there's a certain formula for, it's like pop music, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's it's what like, they think, okay. though. But then you have studios like 3A and, like, you know I mean? They, that's what always, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to get off my soapbox here, but that kind of, that shit kind of bugs me. Like, I get it and I understand it. Not, and I'm not saying that what you're doing is wrong, but I'm, what I'm saying is that whole idea that, oh, this works and this works. I mean, I get that, but for the most part, like, it, it, no, there's no, I don't know, Good no, shit is good I totally, shit. I totally agree with you. That's yeah. why I couldn't. That's why I didn't want to work there anymore because yeah. they weren't thinking that way. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I'm just like I, I guess for me, and I probably you have the same traits because you're freelance and why you choose to do that. But it's like, I get really upset and just dis disappointed and depressed a bit when I meet people or work with people and they kind of think within a box. And I'm like, dude, like if anything, if there's any profession you could ever do that should allow you to be expressive and do whatever the hell that you want to do it's this and this is the chance and this is the time and this is the this is the, the place to basically do it you know and if you're not pushing those barriers and why even do it you know so but on, uh, on an earlier episode of the podcast you uh, mentioned that you you've talked to like students and stuff before yeah yeah i just did a podcast the last one was with a student yeah it was really cool do you ever get like that's like a student who like freaking um or just someone like an aspiring illustrator who asks you where you get your ideas from? Um, yeah, that happens a lot. Do you get that question a lot? Yeah, isn't that like the weirdest thing? Like, yeah, it is. Like, how can like, it's like saying like, where do you like? Why are you like the way you are? It's like I, if you have ideas or you don't. If you don't have ideas, then that's fine. There's there's a room in illustration for that where you do other people's ideas. Yeah, yeah. But there's no like like I mean I feel like they're almost expecting me to say like well I think you're not getting enough vitamin E <laughs> like like ideas like you just have to, like you're, maybe you're not living enough if you don't have yeah. ideas you know yeah yeah I see, that's the same thing I think ideas come from who you are obviously they come from deep within your experience as a human being I think like that's how it is for me um, ideas come for me from those transitions you know those periods in my life and I usually if people say that they don't have ideas or they have a hard time coming up with ideas or whatever I, I say that same thing like you're not living enough you're not experiencing things right you're not doing it where you know like because I think what it is what we're doing is really trying to convey an emotion or an idea or tap into something unknown um, or a, a subconscious thing for people to really appreciate. I think the greatest work that I've appreciated from other people is, and I always go back to it and go like, why the fuck do I like this? And it usually comes from the exchange of either energy or the emotion that I can tell the person put into it. And that's um, what makes certain artists, you know, stand the test of time, like Rembrandt, you know, like not only is he an amazing craftsman, but he, with his work, he, he um, conveyed a lot of emotion. Yeah. You know, it, he was one of those guys that was able to really capture the emotion and his life was kind of rough. So he was able to kind of put that into his work. You know, there's a lot of artists that are like that. And I think with art in, in general is really interesting. It's kind of it can be a bit bastardized nowadays. And it is. Um, but the true artists are actually still doing, you know, real art. And well, that's, if you, you know, if you look at um, 
that, that Rembrandt is a great example, actually, of something we were talking about earlier about, you know, breaking the formula. Yeah. If you look at a lot of um, uh, the, uh, the other uh, portrait artists' uh, paintings around the time of Rembrandt, like, it was kind of like um, the very, like, what was popular, what was going to earn you the big jobs, the big commissions were the very stoic, like, portraits of, like, royalty. Of course. Yeah. And so, like, he was just making stuff where, like, you'd see, like, pores and, like, wrinkles on people and it's just very like you said emotional yep honest it was very more honest you know yeah and I, I don't know if, i don't know that much about him like was he financially successful at the time well what i understand because i had art history in college and that was like the one of the classes i really loved because my teacher was so great and from what i understand from what i can remember is his uh his whole family died i think and i think they all died at different times and he lost his wife and stuff so i don't think it was financial it was more or less like emotional like his okay. You know, he lost like all the people that he cared about, um, and then you know led him to depression. And you know, I mean, of course, you know, like especially back then too. I think that's one thing to really be key on um, with art and, and culture in general is is I love um, I don't spend enough time, and I probably should is is doing a lot more studying um, on the past um, because you can learn a lot about the future from the past because history repeats itself whether you believe it or not in a lot of ways especially with like our kind of like social structure and how humans interact and how we work but the things that Rembrandt did I thought were really interesting and I think you hit it perfectly it's like yeah like it's it, you know if you can kind of relate it to nowadays it's like you know working on like a Hollywood feature film or you're gonna go like draw you know the homeless guy down the street basically you know like and the cool thing is he was taking his level and his ability and his skill that he learned and, and built along the way and he used it, his tools in different various ways it's not like he didn't do commission work you know he still had to pay the bills too i mean yeah but, but the work that that really resonates and still holds strong are portraits i think that he did of his wife and you know and um and, and uh, kind of like scenes kind of too, from what I understand, from what I, rem I remember. I'm talking out of my ass. Hopefully somebody that knows about Rembrandt's listening can school us on some stuff and send us some links and stuff. But from what I remember from college, and that was, it was a, he was one of my favorites to study because A, he was a fucking badass because he had an amazing eye. He had a, he had a really great eye for light and and uh and just compositions as well and how to frame things well i mean it's just yeah he was just awesome really one of the best and i think it was because he was really honest um what's his name uh shile that is his name uh, egon shila shila that's his name yeah and and what's really cool is i love like aeon flux and stuff and how much uh that guy uh he got inspired from his work as well but his work is really honest as well which is really interesting, but it was totally different. And yeah. Gustav Klimt too, I think, as well. Yeah, yeah, I like Gustav Klimt a lot. Yeah, I mean, but there's like, what is that that we like about these guys, you know? And then, and uh, is it, you know, is it just that they're honest? Like, what do you get out of that kind of stuff? Is well, it just like a visual thing that you just kind of click with it? And do you understand it past the idea that you just enjoy it? I, I don't know about, I'm not, I'm no like art historian, but uh, I think at least on a mainstream level, uh, Gustav Klimt kind of invented um, art <laughs> um, <laughs> because, like, uh, I, I mean, I, from everything I've studied, like, before that, like, it, that just wasn't, like, a thing to, like, uh, draw, like, stuff that, that didn't exist. It was either you just pretty much draw, like, as is and you follow certain rules. I mean, even someone who did weird stuff, 
like Hieronymus Bosch, like er like everything was like um was like you know I mean he's drawing stuff that or painting stuff that didn't exist like you know uh, like like hell and stuff yeah or I mean you know that, that isn't like tangible and um but it's still following like the rules of of light the objects are in front of others whereas Gustav Klimt was really the first like kind of person that um that was recorded at least yeah and well, was able to that yeah that just he would incorporate pattern like like into into the the subjects like he was just was painting things that weren't really there yeah yeah but merging them with things that were yeah he must have been high yeah <laughs> <laughs> what, what artist isn't well yeah most of them were you know at least are consuming some kind of i mean i can imagine but i mean the thing about all this stuff is interesting to it and I always I always remind myself is that i wasn't there i didn't know the person so i don't really know what i'm hearing is a telephone conversation of a telephone conversation of a telephone conversation you know yeah and you know before you know it van gogh actually bit off his dick and gave it to a chick instead of his ear and you know like you no. know what i mean like it's just like it gets yeah. out of control and so i with it, art it, it, with it, history it, in general i always take it with like just you know i try to remember remind myself that i'm hearing this and it's biased you know there's that whole that have you heard that the new theory it's blowing my mind right now my buddy anthony sent me a link to it it's um this theory that um, our observation of things actually alters the experience of everything, kind of. It's it's a mindfuck because then you get to understand that everything is altered by our experience because we are ever-changing everything. And everybody's experience and the way we... Like, if they broke it down to an atom, basically. Like, these, they, split a mat, they split an atom and threw it through... A, a slit in the wall and, and and when we weren't like when we weren't observing it 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 followed this totally like it kind of broke all the rules but when we observed it it went back to the pattern of of the it went to a different pattern basically so the based off of of us observing the atom the atom changed it was that's just called that's called the heisenberg uncertainty principle is that what it is mm-hmm oh i don't know yeah no that's that's what it's called it's it's a pretty uh pretty uh big uh like like aspect of um particle physics it's crazy that, that you can never truly uh basically what it is you can never truly know the oh god well, i'm totally forgetting the the momentum mm -hmm. and spin of a particle at the same time if you know one you're by knowing one you're going to affect the other okay i mean they found ways around it um but it's it's pretty intense because we are not able to observe it properly yet is that what you're saying like we can't be like we can't observe it yet we don't have the tools and the ability to do so right no it's not about the tools it's like it's like it's on its very fundamental nature because mm. um like like if you if you look at like a chair nothing's going to happen because you don't have enough influence on the chair without actually touching it okay you know but but you are influencing the chair you just can't see the changes um because by being present in the room you're exuding photons Okay. In, in order to look at something, you have to be, you know, in the room. Even if you had like a surveillance camera, the camera has to be in the room. Whatever the apparatus for looking at something, yeah, it's got to be in the same room as the thing, the atom that you're looking at. Yeah, yeah. Or, or not the atom, the subatomic particle. Sure, sure. Okay. So in order to see an electron, you're gonna have to like shoot photons at it, basically. Yeah, and then just that, by then being that, in the same room, and that's gonna change it. That changes it, yeah. Which is crazy, don't you think that's crazy? I don't know. That shit yeah. blows my mind because if you really start to think of that on a bigger scale, like how we affect one another emotionally and how we connect and, and all these kind of things, like to me it's a total mindfuck. And it's awesome because I love these kind of things because it, it kind of like, I don't know, 
verifies some of my thinking and the things that I've had in my mind for my entire life, basically, of like, you know, um, just attracting things or, you know, you're, you're, if you're putting a, a lot of negative shit, like it all comes back in some way and not like that's hippie shit, but like, not like that, but it's kind of like, I don't know. It's basically just kind of solidifies my ideas on certain things and it kind of breaks it down to a scientific formula, which I thought was really interesting. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> uh, what are you working on these days? I can't even talk about it. It's just unfortunate. I'd say about half or like a, th a third of the work that I do, I can't even talk about our show ever. It's just kind of a bummer. Or like, what's the latest thing that you have finished that you can talk about? I mean, or like, what are you, are you doing any first sketches or anything? Well, you know, all the Lost Boy stuff, I'm doing all that, all the sketching. So yeah, that I want to make a book. So I'm excited. Oh, sweet. I'm excited about that. I'll bug you about that later too, because I want to, I kind of want to do like, um, I got really inspired. Um, I grew up like, I'm a big fan of like Spawn and stuff and Todd McFarlane's involvement and all that stuff. And then I recently been going back and kind of studying what he did. Um, were you ever a fan of his stuff or Spawn or any of that kind of stuff? Some people oh, are was, and some people aren't. So. I was a huge Spawn fan. Okay, cool. Yeah, I just loved his energy and his art and stuff. And, and I started studying him a bit more and how he became who he is. And I'm actually listening to Arnold's autobiography, which is amazing. And him and Todd actually have a lot of similarities, like crazy egos, but driven as fuck. And like totally um, trying not like uncompromisable like and just wanting the most success you know like wanting the most out of life so it's been really interesting like studying these guys and I'll so bet. so what i'm doing is i'm trying to put all these things into a pot in my own personality and who i am and trying to focus in on that and just doing that but yeah so that's my own thing and, and i'm trying to figure out how i'm going to develop like a fan base of sorts but i'm what i always remember and i always tell students or anybody that's asking me is like your work has to be number one do you feel that the same thing like your work always has to be the the most important thing and then everything else kind of comes along with that from there um i think that's a general case i mean there's some people that um like like they're just kicking ass in the illustration they're not even trying you know yeah 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 some so guys are I good think, at it yeah yeah they're just naturally good at it so uh, I mean, or not, not, I mean, there's different levels of being naturally, I mean, everyone is natural to some degree, yeah. some more than others, you know? Yeah. Or is, I feel like I have to try really hard. Other people is, it's kind of effortless to them. Yeah. 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 Some or people, at least yeah. it seems that way. It does. Yeah. And I, some people I think put on a front though. Um, and a lot of times like there's that, you know, that saying of like the overnight success, I don't really believe in it. I think some people are, are a little bit more tuned into certain things. And I think, some of it might come from their filtering system. Like they're not as like, maybe like maybe I'm really insecure and therefore I put a lot of energy that goes back into that whole principle of the, you know, the observer and the proton and all that, like the electro, like basically the energy that you waste of your self doubt and then it affects the final product, you know? Yeah. So, but then some guys might be like, um, you know, like I think with like guys like Todd McFarlane or Arnold, I'm not sure. I'm sure they faced tons of doubt and stuff, but they were like, fuck it. I'm going to win. And this is it. Like I'm going to go for it. And this is what's going to be. And that's it, you know? And so there's, there's, um, and I think that affects your work significantly, especially if you're in a commercial area area, you know, like it's all about like just getting shit done and working, you know? So I think that affects it, but I don't know where I'm going with this, but I think that <laughs> what I'm going back to is like, at least like just like focusing on making sure that your work is, 
is always like you, the best that it could possibly be, you know, like that you can at the moment, you know, and then, you know, so that's kind of it, but whatever, enough about me. What about you? What are you doing? Like, do you, do you end up finding time to draw your own stuff? And do you have like aspirations to like make a book or make branding thing or some kind of thing? Are you enjoying doing the posters? Like what, what's kind of in store for you? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I do spend a lot of time doing, um, other people's work. Um, give me a ratio, like how much time usually from yourself to them. Well, I, I think that's where some people, uh, get hung up cause they just think I'm all about work. Um, uh, whereas like for me, I just, it's nothing's regular, you know, it's just like, like I'll like for eight months, I'll just do nothing but work on like posters for like Mondo or whatever or bands. But then there'll be like a month where I'm just like, like working on other stuff. But the four, the where I'm lucky is that uh, there's people who are willing to give me like a space to do my own thing, like you know, like phone booth gallery or whatever. So I can actually do that and still, you know, like because it's hard for me to afford to take time off. Yeah. But I can still do my own thing, and then I can turn it into like you know a, a product that people might want to or a buyer that sounds weird product but you know well it is kind of it's a business thing you know like you yourself are your own company yeah and there's no real flow to it when you're a freelance there's no it's it's really challenging huh i mean i i guess i don't really i call it work so other people can know what i'm talking about but i don't really view it as work because i, I love movies i love thinking about them um i love uh you know just drawing in general yeah so it's not like when I do like my this work, it's not it doesn't really feel like work to me. That's cool. That's good. I mean, that's maybe that's the key to your success and how you're able to pump out so much stuff. You know, it's like you don't look at it like that. You know, whereas if you look at it as it's a laborious, laborious kind of thing and it's it's challenging and it's you know that's kind of how it happens for me. It's not like I don't like it. I do. I love it, but it becomes very laborious for me and, and tiring of how much how much effort it takes to to actually get the piece out but maybe it's just i'm still new and trying to figure it out you know so well, if you don't mind um me asking uh do do you uh do you have like a preferred like method of uh like working with a client like do you do um uh like like hourly rates or do you just agree on like a flat amount or just mix it up however you do it yeah i mean every job's different right so like um it depends on the job. So every job is a different relationship, obviously, too. And nowadays, I'm trying to set it up so like when a client reaches out to me and I agree to do the job, if I can even physically make it happen, because usually it's time. Uh, I never have enough time to do everything. And so I try to lock down uh, an hourly rate and then I do um, I cap it off at a, at a full day so they understand what like what the money um, like gets them at, out of a day. And then um, they can kind of figure out, oh, it'll take me this much time and blah, blah, blah. But so it kind of varies. So on some things, it works like that. When I did stuff with Mondo, it was unlike any experience I've really done before because it's a different experience and different way of doing it. So, but it all it all just changes, you know. For the Hollywood film kind of stuff, it's usually I try to, to just do hourly and then I just keep very honest track of the time that I spend. And I have an application on my phone called Harvest, Harvest app, I think it's called. And it keeps it's like a time tracker kind of thing, and and I just keep track of everything and itemize all all my stuff on there. But so it varies though. So and then you know, and then I have passion projects I just I just do for free because I feel they're important for me to develop as an artist, as a person, as a creative. So 
And so, yeah, how about yourself? Do you do it like that? Or do you do like, you know, this poster is going to cost this much, so this is my lump sum or kind of amount? Or um, I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm going to speak in uh, absolute terms, but no way am I knocking like anyone's like system. I'm just saying what I do personally. Sure. Um, I, I, I find that I can't work uh, on, um, on an hourly okay. rate and, and make it great because like once you start putting numbers on things like that, then <laughs> I feel like, well, once you try to quantify any kind of quality, the quality is going to suffer because, yeah. you know, quality can't really be something. I mean, obviously there's practical needs. You can't just work, you know, endlessly, but, uh, I, I tend to just agree to a, like a lump sum. Yeah. Um, and then, but like, it's really like depressing for me to hear like some illustrators on podcasts, they'll talk about like how they'll keep the work for an hourly rate. And once that, 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 uh, or they'll agree on like, um, I'll put in this many hours for this much money. And then once they start exceeding that amount, they'll just, they just have to stop working. Mm. Like you can't just stop working. You stop working when the, when the thing doesn't suck anymore. <laughs> uh, like, yeah. Like, I agree with that. There's yeah. And I think I can see good. both sides yeah. though, because I've done both sides for some things like with the movies and stuff, like literally like you just don't have enough time because then you have to ship kind of like you probably brought it up in your toy thing, you know, like with the toys for you, like you're able to have, um, it's more about you and getting it done and, and the level that you can get it done and how long it takes you to finish it. That's, right because sometimes you don't have like rock solid timelines right you just kind of have like here here's a job you can get it done and it's kind of commission work like how old like comic books used to be kind of like the mo the many the amount of pages you do correlates to the amount of money that you get and it's up to you to do it kind of you know well i mean it just it's always like different i mean yep every you know, job's the, different on that pacific rim poster it took me like a week just to draw the jaeger pacific rim job the pacific rim job <laughs> um, but it took you a week just to do the Jaeger yeah and then other posters I've done in like 24 hours yeah yeah but that just I, what is that though is that because you're more interested or is that because the what is that because I have the same thing sometimes some jobs I can just like rip through in a couple hours basically and just be like done yeah and some jobs take me like months because it's like uh pulling teeth you know well I mean, it would have been awesome if we could have uh, gone to meet with Guillermo, like, together, Dude, you know? Dude, would have been awesome. Because I'm not, like, a great conversationalist. Uh, I mean, I can, what? but... What? You're doing I, great I, on the podcast. Oh, well, I mean, because I, I know you. Oh, okay. But if, if he was some stranger then? Yeah, because, you know, I'm like, oh, he doesn't want to hear what I have to say. Um, Seems like a down-to-earth dude, though, but yeah. Yeah, no, he, he, I met him a few times, but, you know, I'm also, I also know, like, you know that he's just insanely busy so i just yeah. kind of feel like you know i shouldn't bo like bother him yeah um yeah. we but... should meet him and go take uh, some signed prints to him and <laughs> yeah that'd be awesome even if it's just five minutes and just hanging out you know that'd be cool well but um <laughs> i love how you dismiss my thoughts <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, what am I that's, supposed to say? No, that's great. No, that's see, that's what I'm saying. When I first met you, that was I appreciate that because I like that because you're just like no, and then you just but you don't say no. You just kind of you say um. Your um is your version of no. It's really funny. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Keep going though. I Sorry. Say no to, I say no to a lot of people. Well, I think that's one thing I've been learning too. Um, there's this book. I bring it up probably every podcast, but it's called uh, Manage Your Day to Day. Um, my friend Jake told me about it and it's awesome and in there there's this quote and I can't remember it for precisely but the basic thing is that um, like professionals say no if that makes sense like
because yeah. like you save your time and yourself for other things that you feel are more valuable i suppose you know when i was an amateur i guess or i still am in many ways but i would say yes to everything and be a yes man and be constantly like trying to consume everything and i think that there's something there's a beauty in that and i will try to never ever lose that hunger you know but um saying no has been really interesting lately learning how to say no yeah. at least because oh. a lot of this is like it's like catnip like my friend george said george hole said it's like these jobs are like catnip like if somebody says hey you want to work on one of your favorite movies you're like oh, fuck i guess yeah why not even though i have all these other things to do i still want to work on that too you know and it's hard to say no but yeah but we were getting sorry we kept jumping off track you said oh. that you it makes you upset or are bummed when you hear other illustrators or artists say that when the time or the money's up basically the the, the job is up so you don't like you like to basically what you're saying to me at least what i'm understanding is you like to work not on emotions but you like to work in a way where you feel like you're you're doing it until you feel it's done right and that's why uh, you're doing it that's why you're freelance that's why you work for yourself because you want to have control over that right yeah i mean there's there's um like it's it's not so much that like it bums me out because I think they're like you know being idiots or something. It's just because like to for me to, to do it that way, mm. uh, to work on the clock that it bums me out to put myself in that situation. Yeah, yeah. It'd be more practical to yeah. put myself, you know, because then I'd be like I wouldn't be working on the Jaeger for like a week. But yeah, you know, I don't know if I'd be as happy with it if I had done anything less than working on. I mean, that's just the Ye the Jaeger was only like. Like at less than a quarter of the poster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a that thing was hard to draw. Really, I had a hard time with it too because it had such weird shapes. Yeah, um, the design language is really different. I wanted, hard. I guess, I wanted to work hard because, like, I know Guillermo del Toro is like a really hard working director. When True. He, when he meet the man. Yeah. And uh, like he actually right. put aside time to like meet us and he wanted to be involved. You know, I felt like I'd all I all I I didn't have any excuse to do anything less. Yeah, he was probably the best client I've ever worked with ever oh yeah he was i mean like i've i've, I've done like uh i've tried to do like posters for indie films for like virtually for free yeah and they, they've sent back like pages of changes and i'm like you fuck yourself <laughs> like, like you know i don't need to be doing this yeah like, and then, like whereas his, he was like these are awesome man and he even like acknowledged us by name in interviews so cool man i know so it's like guy rips i mean yeah. he just he puts out the good energy and i mean that's like that's how he's been able to build what he's been able to build really i think that's why he attracts people and 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 why people work with him really you know so and uh yeah it was yeah no it was it's fucking rad it was, it was cool he was definitely like his response to the art just fueled fueled me and i had the same thing that's cool that you felt the same because yeah i know how hard he is working and i wanted to just help out a little bit you know that's kind of how i looked at it actually i wasn't like i'm gonna just do my art and blah blah i was like i want to do something that would make this dude stoked you know so well you know a lot of people like uh were criticizing that film yeah um, and uh i don't know about you but i was taking it personally a bit because I, I felt like i was helping him i mean they put my poster <laughs> in the press pack i felt like i was helping him i have thick skin what? now because all the movies you know 
So now I just oh, don't really right. care. Okay. I don't even acknowledge it really, to be honest. I don't even pay attention. Everybody's going to have opinions, and I especially myself, I have opinions, and I don't like a lot of things, but there's reasons why I don't feel like I like them. So then I, you know, I, I build my own self up. But at the same time, like, everybody is, not everybody's going to like it, and I think that if, you're, if your work is light, loved and hated at the same time, you're doing something right because you're causing commotion, you know, so... And, uh, you know, it's just, that's what it is. It is what it is, you know. That movie is, is, is a really hard film to make, I think, with all things, in, you know, for the past and what the movies have been, um, like the monster movies in the past and what those were and, and trying to remake those and, and just the money, the sheer cost of making that is just out of control. So, I mean, a lot of people don't get, like, uh, like that. I, I guess I think they don't, they don't appreciate that he made that movie, like, out of passion. Yeah, well, like most directors do, and yeah. Well, I mean, they view it as like another Michael Bay movie, <laughs> unfortunately. Whereas, yeah. like you know, it's kind of like, what can I do that'll give me explosions or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know. I mean, whenever like a movie, any movie, even like a terrible movie, gets panned, I always feel bad because I know enough guys that work in movies. Um, and I know that someone worked hard, even the shittiest movie imaginable. Someone, there were people working hard on that. Yeah, there's always at least one person like putting their whole heart and soul into those projects. And yeah, the thing with films is you got to have thick skin because um, you you might dedicate so much time and div- you know like everything that you have for months on end, and then you see it and it's just horrible. There's so many things that are outside of your control. And I think that's one thing that's the biggest downer for me at least that not able to show the work all the time or having to deal with all the the bullshit in between just to show the work because it's bad enough when like i don't get credited on the film but it's even worse when i'm not able to even show the work so that becomes like really upsetting and that only can happen so much for me at least until i'm like all right fuck this i'm out of here so and it's you know i have a threshold you know basically so but yeah films man they're just they're so gnarly and and the film the state of cinema today and films in general and the medium of of filmmaking and telling stories is when we grew up i mean how old are you now kevin Uh, i'm gonna be 30 pretty soon okay we're similar i'm i'm 30 now so when we grew up i mean like what was your diet like star wars and fucking like he-man cartoons and shit i mean was that ninja turtles and shit was that what was big for you pretty much man robocop was my dad (laughs) <laughs> yeah, robocop yeah exactly all these films you know and now it's, it's it's weird like you know they're all remaking them and and they're trying to they're basically trying to tap a well that's i feel is kind of dry to be honest and i think yeah. like the the gaming industry and all these different ways of telling stories and, and more immersive storytelling is changing things a good film's a good film don't get me wrong you can always there's always going to be a good film that will always be like a good painting you know but what I think is happening is that there's people are trying to capitalize on a nostalgic feeling that it's not. You just can't do it. You just can't. Like you can't. I don't know. Just maybe that's just my opinion. You know. Maybe I mean there's that whole first kiss analogy kind of like you know. So. But I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this, but <laughs> it's <laughs> the film industry itself is is in a really interesting predicament these days, and it's interesting to see where it's gonna go. So. I kind of took it personally, um, the stuff that went down with Rhythm and Hughes, because I know I know a few guys that work there. Yeah. Um, they've come to speak at my school a few times. Um, awesome. I even applied for a job there, and they never acknowledged me. But, <laughs> but uh, the, the 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 thing is that um, is that I'm sure you'll you you'll you can agree is that uh, 
I never got into working on movies. I've actually worked on some movies, um, but I, I noticed that like like every director like that I worked with or that wanted to work with me would have this um, because you know I do technical like really technical stuff. So there's always like oh maybe you could do some designs, you know? Yeah. And um, there are there are two attitudes. Well, under one arm, two attitudes under one umbrella that I uh, that I encountered was that first off everyone wants you to work for free or like just pathetically low amounts of money and um on top of that though the attitude was always like well this is how it is or what do you why don't you don't want to work for me i'm, I'm a, this amazing director like they couldn't <laughs> they couldn't believe that when i said no to them yeah it's like yeah this isn't i need to i need more money than this i can't like work for free yeah and it's like you know who i am right it's like fuck you yeah go fuck yourself yeah okay. yeah those i mean those are just life suckers you know like people that sure would do them <laughs> <laughs> they're everywhere, but they're not just in our business. They're everywhere. You know, they're in every business, really. That's just people manipulating people, and they're not doing things honestly. And and I despise that shit. And yeah, the whole rhythm and use thing, I was just so like, I was just like, motherfuckers, man. Like seriously. And the way it all went down, it was so just lacked so much class. And but you know, at the same time, like I have, you know, the people that work at rhythm and use and the people that put themselves in that situation, they're to blame as well. You know, like nobody's uh just like the victim here they decided to do the business like that and they decided to do business in that form you know so it's not like i mean i i i think it's shit i think it's really a bummer and i think it's totally sad but it's not like they're just some innocent person you know our innocent company like they put themselves in that situation so i think what's important for artists in general is to have a little bit more self-respect and, and myself and as well you know like there was so many uh, times and, and jobs and things that I took on early just to get my foot in the door and for guys that were like that you know don't you know who I am and, and understanding that like oh, okay I'll do this for that experience you know and I think sometimes it's warranted if you're just trying to start off and you have nothing to lose and you're just going for it sure whatever fuck it but if you're a big company and you're you're throwing it all out for that then you know when you gamble when you bet it all you better believe you're gonna lose it all you know so it's kind of part of that, you know, and, and, and so I think for the, the community itself and the film community and, and people in general, creatives in general, like just have a little bit more self-respect, take a moment to think about it. It's kind of why I have this podcast, too, is like um, to expose some things and kind of talk about it. And we didn't we kind of bounced around a little bit. We should go back into like the, the you know, like your taxes and getting things done. I think what's important for me to explain is that when you take on a job and my wife is thankfully helping me with a lot of this stuff. But when you before you take on a job, make sure that you get everything in paper. If you don't trust them or if it's a new client or whatever, make sure you get it all in per paper before you even touch the job because um, you need that leverage. And if you lose all that leverage, then it's going to suck. And, and, and if people are lagging to say, like, look, if you have this time frame, they're like, OK, hey, we need you to work on this job and we only have like five days or whatever. And we need you to start tomorrow. I would say to them right away, I say. Well, listen up then if you want me to work on this i'll do it but you need to get me a contract that we can both agree on and for us to both sign off on before i even start it so if you if you're serious about it and you want me to work on it then do that and if they don't do that and they don't live up to that then they're not ready they're not they're not legitimate business people or they're either that or just they're just busy and i'm not trying to be insulting on anybody but I think that's part of self-evaluation, self-value. Um, and if we all in the community all do that kind of thing, like stand our, put ourselves to that standard, I think it would help, you know? 
people would go, well, shit, nobody wants to work for me if I'm going to do it like this. So I need to make, you know, make it easy for these guys to have a contract that they agree upon. And another thing is that it would be great to have everybody standardize and understand, like get agreements with big companies. Like when you work for like a company like Warner Brothers, they'll just they'll just crush you. They don't give a shit. Like not to be a dick. I just, that's how it is, you know? And so and you got to kind of like work with them and, and work out a way to kind of, uh, get the things that you want and for me it's always like okay how much are you going to pay me and can i show the work because those are the two things because if i can't show the work then i it's like a damage to me you know yeah. like if i'm spending six months on a job and i can't show anybody what i've done for six months then six months later a competitor or somebody else that's in the same field will be able to show their job and they'll they'll get the other job so basically it's like okay you pay me for six months of work but then you also pay me the damage of not being able to show the work for loss of job basically you know and so those kind of things so if i can those are the two big important things because you believe it or not it happens a lot where they're like no you can't show any of the work i'm like go fuck yourself like if you guys are able to show it then i should as well and how would you like well, how dare you ask me to put my soul into this without sharing it you know like it's just really rude you know like incredibly rude and it's really demoralizing you know really for me at least and maybe that's just me i just get really upset about that because i'm like dude how do you expect me to survive if i can't show this stuff it's like it's so important you know so but those are the key things for me is, is there something for you that you think that are really important or stand out that would maybe like some tips that would might help um the community in general because this is how we really help one another is through these kind of things conversations and podcasts and talking about it and getting the information out there i'm still trying to work on a drafting up a contract or like a basic thing and giving it out to everybody that everybody can use when and you know just you know with the disclaimer they can't sue me if it doesn't work out for them but just just in general for people to use um for reference or what have you you know yeah um sorry i started eating a muffin dude what kind of muffin uh, banana nut. You should moan when you eat it because that sounds really delicious. Mmm, <laughs> banana nut muffin. <laughs> I think you're doing it for the both of us. I know. Fuck, I need a banana nut muffin, so. <laughs> a nut muffin. <laughs> oh, dude, come on. Um, um, yeah, I know you made some really good points. Um, you're always paying attention vaguely through my muffin. So. <laughs> um,. I, I prefer to call it um, an agreement because contract sounds really binding and it scares like uh, some people away, especially because some clients they're just not they're 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 as new to this as we are, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, their unwillingness to sign a contract, they might be just afraid that uh, like I think it's also important to emphasize the fact like if they're like, why do we need to sign an agreement or a contract? Say it's not just for me; it's also to protect you to make sure that we're both on the same page. Yeah. That, you know, it works, it's mutual. It's not just uh, to protect the illustrator from the big, nasty client, you know? Yeah. Illustrators can be dicks, too. Yeah, oh, yeah, of course. I mean, there's there's some, it's like relationships. Some of these guys get burnt so bad that they are dicks back, you know, and to the wrong people, you know? So it's a two-way street, absolutely. And, and yeah, and to, and to sell it, that's a good way to explain it, to sell it in both ways. Like, hey, I want to protect you, and I want to protect myself as well, and, and I want to get the most out of it. Usually what I say to people, I say, look, I want to do this job with you and I'll and I'll do the best I can and I'll give you the best work that I possibly can. But these are my um, these are my guidelines, basically, and they're very simple, you know, but this is it. And if you want the best out of me, this is how we do it. And if you if that doesn't work for you, that's fine. It doesn't work for me. And then 
honestly, every time I pass out, like turn down a big job, another one comes right up and then it's better than the other one. I'm like, well, I'm glad I'm not booked on that one because now this one's here, you know? And then if we can get on agreement, then I'm like, well, this is meant to be then, you know, like I put all the effort that I can. If every day, if I put the effort that I can a hundred percent to the fullest of getting what I need to get done, then it's, then I feel okay if not, if it doesn't work out. Does that make sense? You know? Yeah. Because um, you tried at least, you know, like try to like full on sincerely, honestly try. Well, uh, a long a while ago, um, I was working with like a uh, another uh, point along those lines. I wanted to to include uh, is that I was working with a pretty big client. This is like a multi billion dollar, uh, you know, movie TV studio. Yeah. Um, there's only a few in the world, so you you know, I'll let, I'll let the listeners guess as to who it was, but. Um, <laughs> They wanted, you know, they wanted me to do a project, and the money was really good, so I agreed to do it. Yeah. And uh, so we signed agreements and stuff, but I worked in um, a kill fee that I was, uh, I was like, this is for your protection as well. If at any time uh, you become unsatisfied with my work, uh, then you, you know, you can, we can, we'll agree to this amount, uh, like, you know, as a percentage, like fifty percent or twenty-five percent, a third, whatever, of the money, and whatever, whatever stage you are, we'll both just walk away. And, you know, that way you can come clean, I'll come off clean. Um, and so they're like, yeah, okay. So they, they work that in, and then they, we signed the agreement. And uh, I was working with them, and then they had some ideas that I just didn't think were, uh, some not ideas, but um, some suggestions that weren't, like, as good. And I think a lot of illustrators, uh, they view themselves as, as, like, an implement, like a tool. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if, if people are hiring you for your ideas, then you need to, like, your opinion matters just as much as the guy who's getting like paid millions of dollars to be the, the you know the the head executive of whatever yeah yeah so they they were like well do you think we can change to that and when i forget what they were asking i think it was just like like that we love this concept but i think we need to add like this character's face to it or it would basically just make it like really like you know not cool looking and so i knew that like this person didn't understand um, art and I couldn't expect them to because they didn't they just didn't grow up in that you know environment and so there's no real good explanation for how I could justify other than the fact that like that just doesn't look like good uh, so I just said no <laughs> like like it was on the phone they're like do you think I was like no and they're <laughs> they're stunned they're like waiting for an explanation and then it's like well we we're just thinking that uh, that you know you could make it like you know, more identifiable as a character. And I just said, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and, like, I just offered no explanation whatsoever. Oh, it, you should have gave an explanation at least. <laughs> there really wasn't one that would mean anything to them. Yeah, because they already kind of fixated on, like... Because any explanation I gave would just open up a thing where it's like, oh, well, we need to market it to this or whatever. And I'm like, it's just beyond marketing. This is... You just need to make something that catches people's attention, and then they'll understand what the product is. You don't have to. Basically, I think the argument was, you're handing them. You want to hand them everything on a silver platter, like uh, like that that stupid show Dexter, where they, they narrate everything that's happening. I'm getting a phone call, then the phone rings. So why <laughs> why do we need to hear that? You know. Yeah, like, man, Dexter's really just fallen lately. Yeah, it's so bad, especially when you watch like shows like Breaking Bad. You're like, man, what could be? What could be? It used to be great. No, that'd be like a Breaking Bad. It was like, well, I'm in the meth lab again. And then it shows him in the meth lab. It's like, <laughs> you know. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so it was on those lines. And uh, so I didn't give them any explanation. 
for it. I just kept saying, no, I'm not going to do that. And so what were their options were to either engage to the kill fee to pay for nothing or to just go with what I with what I wanted to do originally, because hmm. it's not like they hated it. They were like, we love it, but we want to add this. Yeah, I was just like, oh, if you love it, I don't think you need to add anything. If they if they said this doesn't work for us at all, I would I wasn't going to be like a dick about it. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, and I in the end, I think it ended up working out better for everyone to just not brand it so much. Well, yeah. Well, like I mean, good on you. You know, so that's that's the the self respect thing we we're talking about. You know, which is I think is really key. Your ideas matter. Well, yeah, you said it perfectly, and it depends. You, you could just be a tool, you know, you could be used as a tool and just go in there and design things and, and be designed by committee, and, and, and that's fine. Um, some guys don't necessarily have all the ideas, and not all the time, and, and what, you know, whatever. That's cool. That's okay. Um, I don't, I don't, not, I'm not a huge fan of that system, but that's, it works, and it's kind of what's working now in the machine. And that's why I think what's leading to a lot of weird things where there's like, designed by committee or some asshole is fucking with Dexter. I know he is or her or she or a team of people are fucking with that show because it used to be great and something's going on with it, you know? And so I think what's happening is there's like a lot of design by committee kind of shit where if you were to, you know, like if you're in that meeting and they're like, Hey, I think it'd be great to put like, you know, uh, Winnie the Pooh up here in the corner because you know, we'd get like $10,000 of sponsorship or something. You'd be like, what the fuck? Like, that's not part of the idea. That's not part of the, the concept, you know? And, and it's it's easy how that shit like it takes form and and, and it, oh, yeah. your idea can quickly become bastardized and stuff. So, which is part of the system, you know. So, did you ever watch that show Fringe? No, I don't think so. Is it about the kid and his dad? No, I think that's that Keith or Sutherland one. Okay, uh, what's that one called? Uh, Fringe. Uh, I don't know what that one's called. My wife watches it, and oh, I, uh, I can't I can't really put up with those shows to be honest. Fringe is cool. I mean, it's like, you know, a lot of the same team that brought you Lost. Oh, um, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard but, about it then. But anyway, the so that show, the thing that was really sucky about that show, I mean, <laughs> ha, I mean, I know they had some interesting, like, plot points. Some of the effects were awesome. Mm. Some of the writing was really good. Cool. Uh, but the thing that really bummed me out was that you know, they would do all that stuff. They would have great writing, great effects, great acting. Uh, some of the episodes had exceptional stories. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, like, this one episode, August, was like a tearjerker. And, um, but then they worked in stuff like, you know, uh, they're obviously advertising like, like cell phones, like, Ugh. like use cell phones to do FaceTime. It's like, like why, why would the FBI be using FaceTime? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, about, hey, it's just a show. And then like, they would click it like, hold on, I'm going to use my, my phone, uh, so I can see, uh, your face. Yeah. Like, they would work it in like heavy handedly into the script. I fucking hate that. Yeah. I get product placement, but you don't have to work it into the script. You yeah. Know? You can do like, I mean, Kubrick did it. And, and it worked out you don't have to do it like that yeah exactly you can do it with taste you know like oh man i hate that you know why i hate it so much is because look i'm sitting here and i'm giving you my time and you are blatantly taking me out of the world that everybody's trying to work hard to put me in and you're constantly doing it and i only handle like so many slaps to the face until i'm like you know what fuck this i'm out of here you know like it's <laughs> yeah yeah and I, I don't i don't know that's just i have I'm very harsh on films, though. Like, I I love the films that I love, and I really do not hate. I really don't like the, sh the stuff I don't like. So, but that's my opinion, though. But yeah, that, I can't stand that. There's some shows that are just out of control with that stuff. A movie lately that I went back to and I'm studying that I fucking love is Fargo. Have you, when's the last time you watched that movie? Maybe a year ago. Oh, uh, it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. 
Nice. Others are solid, man. They are, dude. I mean, come on. What have they made? I mean, I didn't really like Burn after reading. I think that was the one. I didn't. I didn't. I think I need to watch it again. I only watched it once, and I think I was expecting something different. But yeah, whatever. You know, the, the crazy thing about them is that they uh, uh, they they can. I I have a feeling that they could just use any actor. Yeah. Like like they could cast Justin Bieber and somehow get an amazing performance out of him. Yeah, like well, I think it's their characters. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, it's true, it's true. I, I mean, I hope that they never count. I'm just saying, even if they did, like, <laughs> I, I, they have enough uh, real estate, like, built in my heart where I'd, I'd give it a shot, you know, like, true, okay, true, I'll see true. where this is going. Yeah, true. See where this is going. True, true. That's a, that's a good point. I think because they understand how to develop a character and be very abstract about it, but then also be very like key on every little moment and build that character in a really weird way and an interesting way and in a way that like we're not used to you know so yeah 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 no i agree man i mean i don't want i don't want to i mean there's they're probably some of my favorite directors for sure like their films are usually some of the films that i've always loved i used to watch like fargo every month when i was like in high school it was like the one vhs i had and I watched it all the time, and I just started rewatching it again. It's just the shooting, the style, the pacing, the editing, the story, because it, you know, like it's not real. It's not based on a real story. It's based on like occurrences that they've twisted and and, and built upon themselves. It's like multiple cases. Yeah. It's not just like one thing. Like the actual wood chipper was actually a a murder that actually happened. A guy like tried to dispose of his wife that he killed, unfortunately, with a wood chipper, which is fucking disgusting. Well, so that's actually a real case. So they like they grab little bits and pieces of different things, you know. So <laughs> Raising Arizona is my favorite Coen Brothers. Yeah, movie. that's. I mean, when did you watch that? I watched that as a kid. Uh, I mean, it's, it's on. It's is it still on Netflix? When it was on Netflix, I was watching it like every week. <laughs> you do that too. I watch movies a lot, like over and over and over and over. And I do just. You, yeah. yeah, I mean, I watch. I mean, Netflix is like my my goldmine for just watching stuff. They do. It's been kind of hit or miss. So, like, there's been a lot of movies that I've been wanting to watch that they either had to get rid of through that stupid new contract thing, or, or um, they just don't have it, which has been a, kind of unfortunate. So, I end up either just buying them and then watching them. But for me, it's like I, I can't watch stuff. Like, I can't just sit on my computer and watch a movie. I have to sit on like a couch or lay in bed and watch it. Oh. So I usually watch all my films like with my headphones. Uh, in bed when my wife's asleep with my iPad. <laughs> That's pretty horrible probably, but I can study it like it's like I'm in the movie theater kind of, you know, because so, I can't like just turn on the TV super loud and like watch a movie and, you know, because everybody's asleep. So, Well, fortunately for me, the, the two shows that they're pretty much going to have for life uh, that I love watching are um, X-Files and Star Trek. Mm, X-Files, yeah. Incredibly long, like... Like, you know, X-Files is like a 10 or 9 nine season show. Yeah, yeah. And I don't need to watch it. Like, I, I like if just hearing it, uh, I could, I, I'm visualizing the entire episode because I've seen them so many times. Same thing with Star Trek, mm. um, Next Generation, and Original Series. I never watched those. Are they good? Yeah, I mean... Um, I've never got series, into them. Original Series, you know, with uh, Kirk and, you know, Shat uh, Shatner and stuff. Yeah. It's, it's good for, like, the kitsch factor. Mm -hmm. But, man, Next Generation, like... It starts off terrible. Like all the all the Star Star Trek um, seasons start off kind of like lame, and then they find their pace. Mm, okay. And when they get going, man, some of the last like like uh, episodes of Next Generation were just incredible. Hmm, I'll have to give that a try. 
Uh, the thing, the next show that I want to try and focus on is uh, Game of Thrones. I was I hear it's really great, and I have all the books. It's just man, just no. It's like, do you ever have it where you just don't have enough time to read for, books? Or no, just in general to experience all these things. Like there's so many shows, and there's so many books, and there's so many videos, and there's so many things to look at and watch. And if you actually, you could like do like a f- two full-time jobs just for me at least, with like paying attention to all the links that people send me and the books that people tell me to read. Oh and, yeah. It's like yeah, it's it could be like another full-time job, really. And I try to I try to balance it out because I think you have the same thing where you pull a lot of muse from um, these you know films or books and stuff. Is do you have how do you balance that out for yourself personally? Do you have like a way of doing it, or you just kind of go day to day? Um, you know, it's weird. I have this like thing um, uh, that I like doing whenever. Um, I'm, uh, uh, like on like a really rigid deadline. Um, I'll just, I'll like, like say something's due tomorrow. I'll just go watch a movie like, or I'll like get wasted. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's something like that. There's something very like exhilarating about the fact that even though there's some like, cause like in the end, like nothing's really important. It's all just lemonade. Yeah. Uh, like another lemonade stand. <laughs> so it's like, you know, like when, 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 when other people need you, like, as are uh, are counting on you as much as possible, there's something really like uh, cathartic about at the last minute, just like, just like you know, partying your ass off or something, or just going to watch a movie or just sleeping, <laughs> <laughs> and then waking up and then like doing it as fast as possible. And because the thing is, like, I don't think that um, it changes the outcome because if I just slug through it, it would just look terrible anyway. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, but then at the same time since I wasted so much time partying or whatever, like then, you know, I had to rush it as fast as can, but like I'm feeling recharged again. Yeah. So the outcome is going to be the same, but like at least one of them, I got to like, you know, feel a little bit alive, you know? Yeah. 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 So that's how I keep up on stuff. Whereas I'll just like, like, man, what's that thing I really want to see or really want to do that concert I really want to go to. And then I'll just be like, all right, I'll, I'll wait till I have absolutely no time. Then I'll just go see it. <laughs> yeah i guess i'm the same too because i mean i guess i have a deep amount of procrastination in some form too and i think sometimes um necessity is the mother of invention like when you only have so much time to cook and make make something up you kind of come up uh you know you just kind of there's a magic within that you know combining all that energy i suppose you know which makes it for a really interesting experience so but yeah <laughs> There's no real way, I, I guess, you know, there's no, everybody else has their own secrets and ways they do things. And I think that's really based off their childhood and who they are and their personalities based off of, you know, how their parents kind of program them or whatever. So, yeah. I mean, I, I find being uh, unproductive helps me be more productive. Like this whole time. Wait, when's this podcast coming out? Uh, it'll probably, we'll air it. We air them every Monday. So yours is next Monday, I think. Oh, pro- I can't talk about what I'm doing then. Oh, Oh, because it won't. It's gonna come out later on or whatever. It's gonna come out like in October. Okay. Well, it's okay. We can have you back on. But I've been working this entire time. But mm. man, I've been like, bur- I've like been burning through like so much stuff. Like, like, like the the amount of work I've done while talking on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, holy crap! I just zoomed out and I was like, man, I really covered a lot of area. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Sometimes that's cool that you can work and talk too. Some I can do that sometimes, but sometimes I can't. Like. Uh, when I go into like my, my full thinking mode, I I really just can't do it because then I end up like just being a mumbling idiot. 
But we should actually wrap it up soon because um, I got to oh. get on to some st some other things and get some calls and stuff going today. But um, is there anything else that you wanted to make sure that you brought up in the podcast to kind of make clear and or just tell people if you get a lot of the same kind of emails and stuff, maybe this would kind of help solidify answering all those questions in one kind of thing or something uh, like that or no or some advice to all the people that are trying to build themselves up or develop themselves as artists um no, here at papa tong no i mean i think we covered some really good stuff uh i mean do you have do you have any like anything you want to add on no your, no this on is your own this is... on your own podcast <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll allow hold it. on how about yeah why don't you just shut up and let me just talk about some shit no no i mean <laughs> this is i just gave you the opportunity dick <laughs> oh, um, so, uh, <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter. It's okay. I'm just like, sometimes I like to give people the, the ability to, if they get a lot of the same questions asked or something like that, or, um, you know, just some advice or something to kind of end with on, um, just on that kind of a level, but it doesn't matter. We will, we'll, we'll get you and Mitch on again. That'd be fun. Yeah, there'll be an, another chance to embarrass myself. Yeah, there's always going to be chances for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, thank you for coming on and having a chat, and um, hopefully dude, you enjoyed thanks, it. And thanks I, for having me. I'm sure everybody's going to enjoy it. It's going to be it's going to be a funny one. It's going to be fun. So, <laughs> and um, if uh, I'm going to have a link to your work, you can send me anything that you definitely want to make sure people have a hold of, like if you have a blog or something like that. So, at the bottom of the podcast on the link, you'll be able to see Kevin's work and give it a check it out and maybe i'll attach some of your um your interviews as well if you're interested if you want to show me those too kevin so they can read them if they're interested as well you mean so, inter other interviews i've done sure like yeah if there's like a cool interview that kind of breaks down your process and stuff because because i if people are that don't know you you do a lot of processing um, videos and you do interviews and so you're you're really active in the community with what you do so I, it would be cool whatever you want me to share just like send me the links and I'll make sure that everybody can get access to them so they can get to know you a little bit more. And, and, uh, and if you like Kevin's work, make sure you follow him and, and try to, um, get a print of his, you know, and, and he's a great guy. If you get a chance to meet him, you know, take up some of his time and have a chat if he's willing to give it to you. So oh, <laughs> no, you've always been super gracious with your time. So, yeah, but awesome dude. Well, that's it for this one. Yeah. Yep. You feel good? Yeah, I do. Feeling great. <laughs> awesome. Me too. Well, thanks, buddy. Uh, have a great day. And for all of those of you guys listening to the podcast, we appreciate your time. And thanks again. And, uh, yeah, thanks again to Kevin. All right, dude. All right, buddy. Have a great day. And, and keep drawing, bro. Later. Uh... <laughs> Bye.